Y'all ready to receive tonight? I'm putting this in Brother Tracy's hands, and so here we go. Get ready. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Ah! <laughs> Glory to God! Hello, everybody! Woo! King Jesus is in the room. We are not here by ourselves. We have help. Glory to God. It is so good to see you guys. Last time I saw you was like on a Zoom call or something. Glory to God. But I know you're doing a dynamic work there. It's great to see everybody tonight. Have we had a week or what? Oh, King Jesus is alive. And he is the same. Yesterday. Today. Forever. Now, I know hands went up all over, but uh, how many folks have already been supernaturally physically healed in this meeting, touched, blessed. I'm talking about healed. I'm talking about you had symptoms or the situation or, and it left you. Let me see all your hands all over the room. Look at this. Glory to God. Well, we'll probably need to get some testimonies tomorrow night. We had a couple last night that were astounding, creative miracles, and I'm grateful. I have an assignment tonight, and uh, so I want to get right to it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Uh, in the back, I haven't talked about this all week long, and the Lord said, uh, do this now, and I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version for a moment, and you'll understand why. Uh, here we've got just a pamphlet that tells a little bit about the different outreaches we're doing all over the world and, and the assignment on our lives and so forth. And uh, I think that each offering, others have done it, and they talked about connection and partnership and all of that. And whether or not you're our partner, you're a partner with this meeting, and the dynamics of the anointing, truly, you cannot harvest without partnership. Now, I'm not going to get into that. That's not my assignment at the moment. Uh, but yet, one of the number one assignments on our life, in fact, the Lord told me when I was sitting down writing a letter, I've got a letter back there, which is the one about to go out in the mail called Harvesting Wholeness. And it talks about the great miracle, the creative miracle, the restoration uh, of the woman with the issue of blood that was tremendously touched in one moment. And she got a sevenfold miracle. The enemy came at her one way, but he left seven. And uh, that's all in the letter. Don't have time to get into that either, except to say that Jesus talked to me about that. In the visitation in the New England area about 20 years ago, when... Uh, Years ago, some of you know this, and I'm, I'm obviously didn't plan to add this to this, but the Spirit of God right now has instructed me to do so, so I'll, I'm going to skip a rock across the top of the water for a second and let you know that I grew up in a church that I can't say that they said miracles passed away, but they certainly believed that miracles only happened if God willed, and the church I grew up in, it sure seemed like God never willed because we never saw any miracles. I've heard that, that's for sure. I felt much like <laughs> I, I felt much like Mary when she ran to the tomb when she said to the supposing them to be the gardener or whatever they said they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've laid him that's the way I felt when I went to church. <laughs> because the Jesus of my church wasn't the Jesus of my Bible, so I had a dynamic visitation late in my teenage years where he I didn't see it per se, but I kind of did. The cloud of glory of God filled up the room as I'd been praying for a number of years. Jesus, I still wish you spoke to people today like you did in Bible days, and I wish you healed them today like you did in Bible days. I told him I'd give you anything. I'd give, I told him I'd give the rest of my life. Spend one day on the shore of Galilee with you. 
like Peter and James and John, to watch you break a fish in half and the tail grow a head and the head grow a tail and 20,000 people get fed, demons scream and leave and blind eyes open and withered hands stretch. And after about three years, even though I was athletic and all of that, and nobody ever saw that soft side at night, late, dark at night, when it came about midnight, I'd pray that prayer and hot tears would stream down my cheeks. And I'd pray that prayer very consistently. And Jesus, one night, suddenly he was there. That's the only one I'll say it. Room filled up with his glory. Now, it wasn't audible, but it was audible to me because my spirit man heard it. And spirit to spirit, he said, son, I still speak to people today. And I'm talking to you right now. He said, I still heal people today, and I'll heal them through you, he said. Then he said, there never was a day of miracles, but there's always been a God of He talked to me about several things that night, which I'll not get into here. And only after many, many years now have I even revealed one of the scriptures that he used. He used a number of scriptures outside of Hebrews 13, 8 to assign me to this ministry of healing and deliverance around the world. But he also used Habakkuk 1, 5, where he said, son, if I were to show you what's going to happen in your lifetime, you could not conceive it. He said, but if you'll be faithful, I'll put you in other phases of your ministry. And so I knew I needed to start out just doing what the Bible said. Believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. And we saw some of the most outstanding miracles just by preaching this gospel. Because the word will work. The word becomes flesh and dwelt among us. Everything in the kingdom is done by faith. But there are special anointings. And you can't go to the world with a secondhand revelation. And even though maybe I delayed it, maybe I missed it, I know I didn't do everything perfect, but I did my best in my heart to be pure and faithful. And he was faithful. Time to time, he did visit me. For example, I was a graduate of Oral Roberts University, and there's a whole story behind that. But uh, I was with Brother Oral on several occasions, and then there was a time when I was with him for several days in a meeting. And uh, there's a dynamic story behind it, but there was an anointing transference. He took his right hand and stuck the thumb of his right hand in the palm of my right hand. The power got hit me. I'd laid hands on thousands of people, seen so many miracles already. But boy... And I'd seen thousands of people. I mean, every time I'd come up, I'd probably say, whack, man, they'd hit the floor. And to that time, I'd never been, even though I'd seen it, believed in it, read it in the Bible, and it was happening all through our ministry, I had never been what people call slain in the spirit. Truth, truth is, when the supernatural comes on the natural, something's going to give, and it's going to be the natural. <laughs> and the stronger spirit will rule, right? So when the flesh gives away, you know, he blows his enemies back, but... You know, I learned why it happens a lot. I mean, there's so many reasons why it happens, but Psalm 46 tells us very clearly that thy arrows, thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, thereby the people, therefore, or thereby the people fall unto thee. So I found out that when that anointing hits somebody, boom, their body crumples, I realized that the arrow of the Lord, boom, hit the king's enemy that was trying to stop them. You see, see the, the, the enemy forces that were against them when, they put in the power of God comes on them and they hit the floor, what God's done is he just shot an arrow at the enemy that's in their life. And I mean, that anointing has come to deliver them and set them free, see. And if they'll yield to it, of course, it'll affect the healing and the cure and those things. And so when, after Brother Oral laid hands on me, let me fast forward. Early in the morning on the third day, the Lord Jesus visited me again like he did in that room so many years before. And uh, out of Ephesians 1, I had a divine supernatural visitation about his ministry and his call. And uh, so from that moment forward, we began to operate in the gifts of healing. 
And then it was a fast forward a few months, not a few months, a few years later, I was in Decatur, Illinois. And uh, I'd been praying and I was ministering there with quite a number of folks. If I called their names, you'd know them in a regional full gospel businessmen's meeting that lasted a week. And they had heard about all the miracles happening in the ministry. So they'd asked us to come and do a, their, their miracle night. And we did that. But as, I was, as, as my wife and I were walking into the rooms at about 2,500 people in a Holiday Inn ballroom, and I stepped my foot up over the threshold, the word of the Lord came to me, just as clear, just like that same visitation that I'd had twice before. And he said to me, he said, you were faithful to me with my word by faith. He said, and then he said, and he called the time. And he said, you moved into the healing ministry, the gifts of healings. He said, from tonight, he said, the working of miracles is going to begin to manifest in your life and ministry. And he said, my angels will go out like fire in the crowd and heal the people with word of knowledge. Man, did we have a meeting. The winds of God came in the meeting, and they just began to fall in circles. We had a, a lady that for two years had had a withered hand, and they'd clipped a nerve, and everything was atrophied. And, and she, she screamed out in the middle of me preaching, ah! like that and when she did she said my hand my hand and it was totally restored she saw the muscle that had actually grow back under her skin and God instantly restored it and uh, in fact they used her testimony the rest of the week and she never got to tell it because her husband was always telling it and the reason her husband was telling it is he was happier than she was because for two years he'd been vacuuming and washing dishes and combing her hair so it was his miracle we had a man with neuromuscular disease. I still have the crutch today, homemade crutch. He, he came like this, threw it to the back of the stage, blind eyes open that night, legionnaire's disease left. People began to run unsolicited, starting throwing handkerchiefs and stuff at my feet. It was phenomenal. And the Lord Jesus did what he said he would do. He glorified himself. That's really what this gospel is about, you know. The Apostle Paul talked about it, and he said that he might glorify his son in it. May he glorify himself tonight. May his name be ever made glorious. By the continued stretching forth of his hand, by mighty signs and wonders, in the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And then fast forward into the, the version I'm talking about, and uh, this is just one little small segment of a visitation I had received where after 20 years of preaching being redeemed from the curse, my wife was getting ready. Fast forward a number of years beyond that, and he said, and, he, and suddenly I'm reading Revelation 22, and I got to verse 3 where it says, and there shall be no more curse. Came off the page, man. Suddenly, the hotel room filled up with his presence. I mean, everything, my hair follicles hurt it, man. my toenails hurt it. And yet, I didn't see him. I didn't even see the cloud on this particular time, but my wife did. She, she talked about it because she was seeing in the meetings and miracles would happen while she would sing as well. And so, she was getting prepared on that Sunday morning, and she literally looked out because the power of God so rushed through the room, she knew something was going on, and she looked out. And she could see the hallway in front of her, but the rest of the room was like in a dense fog. She couldn't see me or the chair or any of that. She knew I was, and it was like it was a congealed wall, and she just kind of began to do like that, so she backed up <laughs> and finished getting ready for the meeting. And Jesus talked to me for over an hour about this particular message he had mandated us to preach called No More Curse. That's why just one little phrase of that hour-long visitation, it's a lifelong assignment, and we're just now really, truly stepping into the 
fullness of it. I, I don't preach it everywhere I go. I haven't preached it everywhere I go. I'm reminded of the time that, that Brother Hagen in 1950, Jesus appeared to him and put the finger you know, in the palm of his hands. But then September the 2nd, 1970, 20 years later, he got sick and had symptoms and was in Buffalo, New York. In those days, he was carrying his own tapes, fell on the bed, and the Lord Jesus, the Savior appeared. The Lord Jesus appeared to him and said, 20 years ago today, Rockwall, Texas, he said, you know, typical Brother Hagen, I know, Lord, I was there, you know. He's 20 years later now to the day, he said, you see, you've never fully done with a healing ministry what you should have done. Man, that went off in me. Because Satan is always working on us. Every, every minister I know feels like they're behind. They could have had more. Okay. If they'd have done it different, it would have been different. And I'm telling you, God is restoring the years. Oh, glory be to God. I'm making several statements here to get to something, if you'll stay with me for just a moment. <clears throat> and because a few years ago in November, you sense the weight of the glory of God. I mean, he is here. In November, uh, in Washington, D.C., a couple, few years ago, I had an empty seat beside me. I was sitting in a meeting supporting and, and helping, and uh, particularly for the miracle flow of one of the sessions that was there. And I'm sitting in Washington, D.C., and I have an empty seat beside me. And Jesus, as if he walked up and just sat right down there beside me. Now, I didn't see him, but I knew. I mean, I felt almost like I felt the indention in the chair. And he said, I've come to talk to you about the prophet's office. Glory to God. Each of these, of course, is an assignment that you just don't get by, you know, saying shandai, shandai, and laying hands on folk. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I won't go there. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, 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 the Zebedee boys, you know, mama came and said, I want one of them to sit on your right hand, one to sit on your left hand. He said, dear sweet lady, that's not mine to give. Huh? But he did say this when he was talking about his anointing. He said, can you drink the cup? That's the question. Can you be baptized with the baptism of baptism? I'm just going to let you know, the Holy Ghost wants his church back. And in the very beginning of the foundation of the church, his number one will, I mean number one assignment to all of the ones that we're going to carry on his ministry is, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you. And it was the fulfillment of the promise of the Father that God gave the Son to, and when he birthed the church, right, Understand, he said, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And probably Peter was the one asking that question. I, I think it was. I think I've got biblical proof of that, but that's neither here nor there. And he said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons that the Father's put in his own power. You shall receive power. Glory be to God. Even power has to be received. He said, everything in the kingdom has got to be received. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So the Holy Ghost is the power of God. And the number one missing ingredient to the weak church that's kowtowing to these demon spirits is, they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's not just being filled with the Holy Ghost, it's filled with the Holy Ghost in fire. Now the Lord said to me just recently about that, He said, uh, look at that verse above it. He said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, talking about restoration, but you shall receive power 
Huh? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And the Lord said to me very clearly, He said, it's the time of power and it's the season of power for restoration. And I saw it, that the answer to restoration was the power of the Holy Ghost. So when the, when the Lord walked up and sat down beside me there in D.C., He said to me, I didn't know it until He said it. And then, of course, I went through the Word where He took me and checked it out. And so I'm saying, and now based upon revelation from the Word of God, but he said the highest anointing in the prophet's office is the anointing of revelation. I'm not revelation. Restoration. The anointing of restoration, he said to me. And he took me to four places in the word from Genesis all the way through the book of Acts after he was raised from the dead said the heavens must retain Jesus until the restoration of all the things spoken huh, by God through the mouth of all his holy prophets. That's what he's waiting on. The highest, the highest, that's what Jesus is waiting on. The restoration. And he's about to restore the spirit to the church. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. My God. I wonder if I have that in here. Uh, no, I'm not going to take time to look it up. Uh, we'll do that maybe tomorrow night. Because tomorrow night I'll probably talk about those seven unusual harvests that are coming that the Lord visited me with in September and all of those things. But... Uh, right now, let me just kind of stay on track here. So in those visitations, uh, so that was recently. So there's a great anointing here for miracles and restoration. And Jesus of Nazareth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's some things he specifically wants to do tonight. So when he walked in that room now, I'm talking about the no more curse visitation. He said, I'm mandating you to preach a message called no more curse. He made me very, I said, Lord. I preached redemption from the curse for 20 years. He said, not like this, you haven't. And he talked to me for over an hour, and he said, you were in the healing ministry. Then I put you in the miracle ministry. But listen now, he said, but I want to do miracles of wholeness in the body of Christ. And so what brought that up is, this is just a little bit about harvesting wholeness. Uh, when I was writing the monthly letter, uh, which we always write, our assignment is to teach you how to harvest. He said, God's people are highly developed in faith to sow. They know that they should sow, and their faith is highly developed on the giving side. But he said, they're very anemic, know little to nothing, know none of the laws of harvesting on the reaping side. And he said, they don't even understand. They think that the sowing is their own responsibility. They give, and then they sit back and wait for a check in the mail. He said, no, you, they do not understand that, that you sow it, he grows it, you harvest it. Harvesting's receiving. He never promised to give you a hundredfold. <gasps> no, not, not, it's nowhere in the word. He says you will receive a hundredfold. Those are two different thoughts. Holy Ghost is given, but not everybody's walking around full of him. You've got to receive. He's here, but he must be received. And everything in the kingdom must be received. And unless you have faith to receive, and that's what Jesus said. You have to believe you receive. Receiving is having. Amen. So anyway. Um, so if you feel led to, we want to be, because we don't live by your giving, we live by ours. Our assignment is to reproduce revelation. And so we, we live on the sowing side, right? And so a partnership has two parts, and we want to do our first part. There's a couple of packages we bring to every meeting because online we give all the revelation God. We freely give it. We freely receive it. We freely give it, you know. Uh, we're going to probably, because of the nature of what we need to do, hard copy if people need something. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're going to make those available. People want a hard copy to purchase from the website or whatever. But, but uh, even the books are going to be downloadable 
But we brought packages. This one is has a couple of books in it. So all you'd have to do, if you desire, even just praying for us monthly and believe in God with us, because truly, literally, in every continent of the earth right now, and rapidly increasing, is the reproduction of the voice uh, of Harvest National Ministries and our partners around the world. I'm grateful. This is, I mean, tens of thousands of souls and outreaches and stuff behind that's only a year old. I mean, it's exploding. I'm grateful for that, uh, but to him be all the glory. So anyway, this tells you what we're believing for. All you'd have to do is fill your name and address. Don't write in tongues. You know all that. Leave it at the table or get it to Sister Nicole or somebody, and then pick up one of these packets because it's, we want to be the first one to sow in the partnership. All right, and of course that letter is back there too. So I didn't travel with a bunch of things to sell. Uh, I just I travel with a lot to sow, though. Praise the Lord. And there is uh, there are three. I noticed they they I don't I think they were out, you know. So they're ordering titles. I noticed that this is in every one of them. I think what to do when all hell breaks loose. And of course, here's the real answer: when you're going through hell, what did I teach you? The key word is don't stop. All right, no okay. It's not in here, but it is true. Praise the Lord. And uh, the, this, this particular packet has victory. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Uh, but there's freedom through the anointing in one of those. Um, and one I truly recommend for what I'm going tonight is the anointing of increase. It's a sticker book in one of those packages. Would you agree? Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's a good God. Now, I've got about five or ten more minutes on an assignment here, uh, particularly concerning this arena. And so I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles, if you would, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the glory of God's in this moment. My, 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 my. Woo, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. Luke, chapter 4. And I want to take a moment from an assignment when I was praying, looking over into this meeting in the room, to, to talk to you about what he talked to me about. <clears throat> and in Luke chapter 4, very familiar scriptures, but we're going to hit it from a little bit different direction, especially for you preachers in the house that have preached this and know this. Uh, Luke chapter 4, Jesus comes out of the wilderness, and according to verse 14, he returns in the power of the Spirit. Now let me make one side note before I cut to the chase on this. There is absolutely no difference between the power of God and the Spirit of God. Power from heaven is a person. The anointing is a person, not a force. Glory to God. And so he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He hath anointed me. You see that? And so we see in Luke 4.14, and of course you'd learn that in the freedom of anointing, but it helps you to know this because it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. So he's saying not by natural power, natural might, but by my spirit. Well, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He hath anointed me. Can you see? The anointing came from the spirit. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed. So now he's telling us how he did it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Can you see that? Holy Ghost is the power of God. The power of God is the anointing of God. The anointing of God is the Holy Ghost come on you. You need to understand that when you read Holy Ghost, you can think power and anointing. When you read anointing, you can think Holy Ghost and power. When you read power, you can think anointing and Holy Ghost. So if you're, if you're, if you're resisting the move of the Spirit, you're resisting the power of God. No way to receive the anointing without yielding to the Holy Ghost. 
He is the anointed. Jesus didn't minister miracles because he was Jesus. He was a man under the Abrahamic covenant operating as a prophet. And if Jesus had to be anointed to walk in miracles, how, how we think we're going to do the ministry of Jesus without that same anointing? It can't happen. No. So we see now then what's going on here with his ministry. And so he returns after this fasting season in the power of the Spirit. Glory be to God. Amen. And so he goes into the synagogue where they were, all were, and he found the place where it was written. So he found himself in the book. And he stood up for to read, and when he opened the book and stood up to read, he's reading out of Isaiah 61. So he, he by the Spirit of God, is taking a text. God told him to take this text. How many of you believe this is a Holy Ghost meeting? <laughs> so God told him to take this text. And God said to him, and he said about himself, the Spirit of the Lord God, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit that's going to make me Lord, the Spirit. Woo, Spirit that's going to raise me from the dead. Glory be to God. Woo, my God. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now, I know there's an anointing within you when you're born again, but there's something supposed to come on you. And when something comes on you, man, your world changes. See, Jesus is our pattern. He was born of the Spirit. See, that holy thing, Mary, the angel said to him, that holy thing born of you, Right, is of the Holy Ghost. So when you're born again, you're born of the Holy Ghost. So yeah, the Holy Spirit was there involved when you got born again. But that, that is a well of life, and that's for you. See, Jesus is God's gift to the, to the world, but the Holy Ghost is God's gift to the church. Jesus said that. Jesus said, Holy Ghost is going to come. He's been with you. He's going to be in you, but the world doesn't know him and can't receive him. They don't see him or know him. So the Holy Ghost belongs to us. Do you see that? Hallelujah. So now, now we see that Jesus is our pattern. He was born of the Spirit, but before he entered ministry, he was filled with the Spirit. And all of the disciples had to be first born of the Spirit. Then they were filled with the Spirit. Then they went into ministry. And the patterns throughout the Scripture. You had to be born of the Spirit, and then you had to be filled with the Spirit. Full means to be immersed, totally immersed, intoxicated, overwhelmed. Where you're not in the lead, he's in the lead. You know, the, the greatest misnomer about Jesus' ministry is they think that Jesus went about doing good. Now listen, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How was God with him? By the Holy Ghost. So who was the one going about doing good? We know he didn't physically have to go into the Roman centurion's house. Why? Because the spirit that was on him went in there. The angels working with him went in there. So he didn't physically have to be present for that guy to be healed. He didn't have to go under his roof. Because he didn't heal people in his body because he was Jesus. He healed him because of the anointing on him that broke the yoke of the curse. Glory be to God. Woo! And that anointing is on his body. When folks get filled with the Holy Ghost, they don't even know what they get. They get the miracle mantle of the ministry of Jesus himself. I mean, that's what put Oral Robertson in the healing ministry. 
when he fasted and prayed and was seeking God, he said, I can't go to the world with your healing power with a secondhand revelation. Here's what happened. <clears throat> Glory be to God. The Lord visited me. He said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, yes, sir. He said, do you know what you've got? And I mean, the way the Lord said it to him. He said, oh, I don't guess I do. He said, you've got the same mighty power that was on the acts of the apostles to start this church. He realized then when he got the Holy Ghost, he got that healing anointing. God, I'm having church inside myself. Do not. Listen, whatever you do, don't come inside me. There's stuff flying all around. You're going to have to duck. My God, but it's, a, whoo, it's like a laser light show in this place right now. I better get back over here and do my business. Glory be to God. <laughs> and so everything he's going to say here about himself is an anointing. Even to the point where he said to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He was literally anointed because what came on him came from another world. So what came on him was outside of time. Do you see this? So he could literally say, you don't have to wait 50 years to get what Jubilee is going to bring you. The anointing is the Jubilee. That the moment the anointing comes on you, bam, Jubilee. You're free. Your debts come back. Your body gets healed. Your family comes home. As the anointing breaks off of you, the debt of selling yourself into sin. He deals with the consequences of sin. The anointing does. So now, here he makes some statements. And so now in the next couple of moments, I need you to hang with me real tight. Foundation's laid. Look at what it says here. Hebrew, excuse me, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. That means he came on him to get something accomplished. The because means he did it for him to do something, to, for him to do it on purpose. Now, I like what's been happening here. When folks, oh, and they fall over and they fly around and they shake and, and we haven't seen anything yet. I mean, you, you ought to know. I've got some stories. Oh, it doesn't matter. Not time for stories. I've watched the Holy Ghost pick people up and throw them halfway across the room and not once. Because I'm not here by myself. Those angels that he's assigned to the ministry of Jesus are working with me because I'm doing his ministry. They're here to heal you. I mean, we came out of an Alabama meeting just about a week ago. And the word of the Lord came concerning this stuff that I'm going to tell you. Oh, this is stunning. I mean, this isn't, this isn't the only time this has happened, but I mean, you're just going to go, yeah. When I left that Wednesday night, after I left, I found out the next morning that uh, one of the gentlemen told the pastor, because we had miracles popping all over that night. We had a man come in on a walker that had a stroke and all the stroke stuff left. I just said, rise and walk in the name of Jesus. Took him by the hand. We went walking around. The place erupted. And then a lady comes up and she's in a wheelchair. She said, rise and walk in the name of Jesus. Well, she comes out of the chair and erupts again. Power of God begins to rip through the room. People are getting healed. And, uh, and I began to talk about hissing. You know, God says, I'm hissing for my sons and daughters. They're coming home. And I began to talk about the supernatural restoration. And suddenly the anointing dropped on me to do it by the Spirit. And so I began to call the sons, huh? Everybody that's supposed to be in those chairs, everybody that's supposed to be in every chair of your church, they're coming home. I'm hissing for them. I'm whistling for them right now. 
was out from under a covering and they don't know right now it's life or death. They're coming home. Glory to God. Well, they were awakened, the dad and the mother, and I found out later in the next meeting we did because that pastor followed to the meeting, and he told, he told me the story. He said, you know, I only told you this part because you don't know this because I didn't know it. I talked to the man, and that's what I got. He said, I found out if you want details, talk to the woman. <laughs> this young, <laughs> so I'd heard that this son, who was 24, 25 years old, for, <laughs> since, you know, for about six years had been wantonly rebellious. I'm talking about belligerent, rebellious. I'm talking about running from God out there in the world and was miles away from the meeting. And that night they heard a noise and they were awakened at 2 a.m. and he came in. Now they hadn't talked to him in years. Now he, when he talked to the mother, I'm just going to get past the guy because I, mean, I could tell you his little part, but let me just get to the mom. The mama found out. She told him the details. She said, no, I was awakened. Now the meeting was over somewhere around between 9.30 and 10. Okay. Now by 2 a.m., He's miles away from the meeting. Now, he wasn't in the meeting, and he's been running from God, and they hadn't talked to him, and who knows when. At 2 a.m., he wakes Mama up. He wakes them up in their bedroom, 2 a.m. in the morning, on his knees, shaking and quaking and trembling and weeping uncontrollably, giving his heart back to God because he'd had a visitation. <laughs> now, it doesn't stop there. Here's where the visitation was. Somewhere before 2 a.m., because he had to arrive there and drive to Mama Dad, so somewhere within three hours of the meeting, he said, he told his parents, he said, I, 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 I was in that meeting. Suddenly, God translated him into the meeting we'd had three hours before that. And in the meeting, a woman took him by the hand. Who, an angel? Are you, listen to me now. See, we're, so, we're walking so far below our covenant. He said, in the meeting now, <laughs> have you heard this? Do you know this? this is, yeah. And so a woman that he did not know took him by the hand and led him to the front where I was ministering. I laid hands on him. Whack! I got hit him. He hit the floor. All right. Now, understand, he wasn't in the meeting. But he was in the meeting. But he wasn't in the meeting. And he described to his mother everything that went on in that meeting and what I was wearing. And by 2 a.m., he's in the middle of the room waking Mama up, weeping, shaking uncontrollably, crying, giving his heart and life back to the Lord, full of the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues. Come on, let's thank God for this. I'm telling you. Now, I'm about to, I'm, I'm about to talk about something for a couple of minutes, and my question is, does Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, who's having him dismantle a bridge just to get his yacht to the ocean. Does he have enough money to buy that? Now you've got some kind of glimpse into the unsearchable riches. Christ. No wonder he said silver and gold have I none. Silver and gold can't buy that. Not what just happened. No. But it's been bought and paid for. He already paid for it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. And I asked the Lord later, because, you know, pastor said, well, we know there's no distance in the spirit, and there's no, there's no time or distance. In, but, you know, here's the problem. People know that up here, but they can't put all that together. 
And so I said, Lord, you're going to, have to show me how you did that. I know how you did it. I mean, I know it in here. I don't, I don't have because you've done it a number of times. I mean, I've got other stories like that. I said, but help me to help the people. And he said, easy. I mean, just answer me just like that. He said, easy. He said, it's in the Abrahamic covenant. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, it's the same manifestation that happened to all of Israel 400 years after I cut covenant with Abraham. It just happened three hours later. And what he said to me was, I told him by blood, I'm making this covenant between you and your seed. And when they get in bondage, they're coming out. And they're not coming out empty-handed. And he said, when Israel came out of Egypt, it was a supernatural manifestation as if I had just cut that covenant 400 years before that day. See, they came out of Egypt because it's as if they were walking between those pieces of blood. It's always now. There's a miracle for you. Right now there's a miracle for you. Glory be to God. He's a right now God. Now, there is an anointing. And, and so the next moments, I want to talk to you about the healing prosperity anointing connection. The healing prosperity anointing connection. Glory be to God. Oh, the Lord told me some mighty things are going to happen tonight. Now here, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he hath anointed me. Now there's an anointing to preach, anointed me to preach. But he had anointed me to preach the gospel, which is good news, to the poor. So, so clearly there's an anointing on him preaching to break poverty off of people. Do you see that? Each one of these are an anointing. The second thing is that he sent me to heal. Can you see that the same anointing that heals prospers? Can you see that? Can you see that the same anointing that prospers heals? Can you actually see that instead of money and even provision, we need to start, we need to start understanding the covenant when we use prosperity? People think money. Well, the body of Christ has been taught wrong. Prosperity is provision. Prosperity is actually supply. Glory, an anointing of supply, an unending supply, a covenant which has a kingdom where there's no end to the increase. It's come on now, catch up with me now. Catch up with me. Here's the thing. When this dear brother back here shook and shook and shook and shook. And after 20 years, we heard it last night, after 20 years, boom, sugar went normal. 40 pounds went off his body. He hadn't had another symptom of diabetes since laid our hands on him. That anointing did that. And 20 years of medicine couldn't recreate or produce a pancreas. So how much money did you pay on medicine that couldn't fix you? And could you have bought that new pancreas and those cell walls? See, you have to understand diabetes isn't just a non-functioning pancreas. Maybe you're pumping out insulin, but your cells are resistant. That means your body's fighting itself. That means there's division inside your body. And his, But the anointing went, boop, 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 put it all in line. And there was no medical cure 
or they cured it. Money, the, 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 the money medicine he wasn't taking was covering up the symptoms. It wasn't healing him. So he wasn't healed. He was prospered in his body. Do you, can you see this? He got a provision that money couldn't buy. Now you're getting it. Now you see. So this is huge. Jesus taught this, and we know he taught it, there in Nazareth to his hometown, and he planned to do those kind of miracles. And we know he did because he gave two examples. He used three, set, three openings. He used Isaiah 61, and then he used two other stories, which were openings in the Scripture that they knew about. First opening was, was of Elijah. The next opening was about Elisha. And those are the two examples that he put alongside his teaching of the Scripture to tell the people what God would do for them. He said the covenant provided for every leper to be healed all over Israel, but only one was healed. And he'd had to go outside the covenant because there was no faith in the faith count. <laughs> he just basically, no wonder they nearly threw him off the cliff because he just told the faith folk, you don't have any faith. Because if you had faith, you'd have manifestation. Thank you for your enthusiasm on that. Well, I mean, hey. And so he's, he's telling them then that the covenant provided for every leper to be healed. And only one leper got healed, and the prophet wasn't even sent to somebody in Israel that had a covenant right to be healed. He had to go outside the covenant to find somebody. So obviously he was there with the anointing to heal because he gave a healing illustration. And then he gave another illustration. It was the first illustration he gave, and he gave them in the order of the Scripture. He talked about this one first. Remember, he preached the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal. Number one, number two. Number one, number two. So prosperity includes healing. Prosperity includes the opening of the eyes to the blind. Prosperity includes deliverance from captivity. Prosperity includes making it your supernatural favorable time. One day of favor is worth a thousand days of labor, and they'll create a job for you tomorrow and open a door. How could that happen? Money can't buy it. You don't even know the people where you need to go. But the covenant's already included it. Now we're talking about then the healing, prosperity, anointing connection and that the same anointing that heals is the same anointing that prospers because healing is nothing more than prosperity in the body. It's life. Prosperity defined biblically is zoe. Life as God has it and experiences it. Right? You're the body of Christ. So you could look up and say, Jesus... I'm, I, like, you're, you're, you're his body, right? So you could say, Jesus, do you have diabetes? And he said, no. You say, I didn't think so. That must mean I don't have it either. See, see, uh-huh. see he took our infirmities. He, he took them. If he took them, it means you don't have them. Glory be to God. The, the prosperity, healing, anointing connection, and he gave it right here, and he talked about a woman. Now, this woman, they were in famine, and the prophet had, had, had called the famine, and she's gathering sticks for her, and then listen, there's going to be great miracles on family lines to break the back of generational poverty demons on family lines, and it's in the meeting right here, right now. This didn't just break it for this woman. It broke it off her son. Because the husband who was a minister died early and left him in debt. 
You need to understand the whole story behind it. But the bottom line is, when the prophet gets there, she and he did eat many days, and the many days is a year. A full year. Many days is a full year. That means she and her son, off of that one miracle, their entire annual household budget was supplied. On top of that, she underwrote the entire ministry budget for the prophet for a year. One, one. One, I'm, I got sticks and I'm, I'm going to bake it for me and my son. We're going to die. Huh? And she sowed in famine. Oh, my God. And he said there were many widows in Israel and every one of them could have had this miracle. Now, what's he saying to everybody in Nazareth? I'm here in this meeting saying to them to do financial miracles for you. In other words, when he says he can do no mighty work there, he's not just talking about healing. Y'all get this in a minute. You do realize his ministry, Jesus' ministry, it started, it began with a miracle of provision and ended with one. In between, he healed. First miracle, he multiplied one. Supernatural supply. He multiplied right what they needed. All right? And the last miracle, he did the same thing. In between, he had prosperity, mighty works. You do realize that when you're in a desert and there's no water and no living fish and no boats and no fishermen and you've got to feed 15 to 20,000 people, where are we going to get, where did these fish come from? Well, I know where they came from. The prophet said there's rivers in the desert. There's a river there. They just couldn't see it. And he took that fish and reached up into that river. Come on now. Uh, yeah. That's how you can sow in famine and get a hundredfold the same year. Because you, it's an anointing to prosper. And it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he might. Do you hear that? He might. He might. That means prosperity is a working of his mighty power. The same mighty power that was at work when he raised him from the dead. Because there's not enough money to rip him out of the clutches of all the demons all at once trying to hold his body in that ground. Something greater than money. Power. Power is riches. This is what people don't get. The scripture says, the scripture says very clearly that in Ephesians 1, think about this now. It says the exceeding greatness of his power that comes toward you when you believe. Right above that he says, I want you to get a revelation of the knowledge of his calling and the riches of the glory, right? That's in who? So power came out of that treasury. Power, power is greater than money. And power is part of the supply. When he supplies the power, now what's impossible to get with silver and gold, I can get it. Because if my faith will do it and God's no respect about it, I can get it. I buy it with my faith. Power's out of that treasury realm. So he just reached up and then went, snap. And the tail grew a head and the head grew a tail and, and they kept breaking it. And understand this, the multiplication didn't happen in Jesus' hands. He didn't hand it to them. The actual multiplication happened in the disciples' hands. 
And Jesus didn't determine the, 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 you know, the amount of the multiplication. They ate till they were filled, so their hunger determined how much was going to be multiplied. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, there's a couple of things we're going to do here. I've got, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word's established. So say this out loud with me. The healing, the healing prosperity, prosperity, anointing, anointing connection. connection. That means it's as easy to have your needs met financially as it is to be healed. And it's as easy to be healed as it is to have everything supplied you need in the ministry because it isn't your ministry, it's His. And there's never a meeting Jesus ever had, not one, not one meeting Jesus has ever been called to do, that He was sent to do, that He had, that He came out under budget. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist. Now, there's a lot of stuff we do that, you know, when we do it, we'll pay for it. But when He told you to do it, He'll pay for it. <laughs> it's out of that other realm, glory be to God. So, I want to give you now, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word's established. I want to give you one, now a second and a third scripture very quickly here. And the, one out of the Old Testament, one out of the New Testament. Out of the Old Testament, Psalm 105, verse 37. He brought them out, glory be to God. Hallelujah. He brought all three million of them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble one among their tribes. The same anointing that brought them out with the silver and gold brought them out healthy. Glory be to God. Do you see that? We're talking about now the healing, prosperity, anointing, connection. And healing is not an end to itself. It is part of the prosperity. If God prospers you, you will be healed. If He prospers you, you will have wisdom and direction. Because you can't know what to do in your finite mind. But when you're led by the Spirit, that's part of the prosperity connection. You can sow to know. Glory be to God. It's just stunning. Now, third, the third voice, the third voice. You getting this? I see it dropping on you. <laughs> I do. I see it. You're, 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 seeing, you're seeing some stuff, aren't you? Glory to God. That's because there's Zoe in here. There's Zoe. Everything he already bought and paid for. He led captivity captive. Then he gave gifts to men. So your ministry is a resurrection gift from the right hand of the throne of God. You're down here, but you're not from here. You're a gift from another world. And so what that means is he led captivity captive. So Jesus has already captured and put in bondage. See, he looked into your future, and then he gave you the ministry assignment after he had captured everything that could capture you. So there's nothing that can stop you because he already captured it. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. Glory to God. He finished it. And then he gave you back to the earth in a finished gift. He said, go do it. Say it out loud right now. He's blessing. Come on now, you knew better than that. He's blessing. My basket. And my, store. and my store. That's what the blessing is. Yeah. Your basket's your daily need. Yeah. Your store, huh, is for the next project. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah, that's your kneading trough. That's a, yeah, he's doing it now by the covenant. Yeah. There's an anointing in here by the covenant. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Now, does everybody have an offering envelope? Hold it up. We're going to read 3 John 2. 3 John 2. This is our New Testament scripture. It's our third, it's our third witness. Out of the mouth of truth, through witness, every word is established. This is established. Now, we've established that this is the will of God. About three scriptures like this, one Old Testament, one New Testament, and Jesus is the express will of God. We just established that your prosperity and the anointing to produce it, no matter what you're facing, is God's will for your life right now. Let me just tell you, if you're a sent one, he'll take care of it. I believe you're a sent one, and in God's eyes, there's no such thing as a broke missionary. He included everything you'll ever need to do this. <laughs> Glory be to God. Yeah, we're going to make a withdrawal. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You may not be our partner, and you can be if the Lord's leading you, and your baby's leaping, and you hear the voice say, yeah, I'm supposed to connect. That's great, wonderful. We'll receive it, and we'll do everything we can to do our part. But you're a part right now with this particular moment, this particular word, because you and your children are about to come out of the famine. If he can pick up that young man three hours later and take him into the meeting, it's not hard for him to get money to you. Glory be to God. Third John 2, our third witness, beloved. Say beloved. beloved. Well, we read that that way. Let's just say it this way. Be loved. Be now, I've got a seed to sow myself, and I'm going to demonstrate it to you here. So, uh, in just a second, all right? Be loved. That means everything we're about to read is because he loves us. You be loved. I wish, I pray, it's my will above all things, above everything, that you prosper. And be in health. Glory be to God. Do you see the prosperity, healing, anointing connection? That you prosper and be in health. They come out with silver and gold, not one feeble. He sent me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal. Can you see? Prosper, heal. Prosper, heal. Healing's not on top. Prosperity's on top because healing is a manifestation of prosperity. The anointing to prosper will bring prosperity to your body, which means you'll be healed. Because money can't buy it. <laughs> but it's in the unsearchable riches of Christ. It's in that name. Glory be to God. Do you see that? That's why Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. <laughs> Silver and gold will not restore 41 years of your life as if it never happened. Silver and gold can't restore the years of you being born a cripple, and now at 41 years of age, suddenly something comes on you and makes you like you would have been had you been born normal 41 years before that. Silver and gold can't restore 41 years of your life, but that name can. Woo, that name can. Oh, that name can. Woo, glory to God. Woo, that name can restore all this. That name's restoring all of this, and it's going to be better than it ever was. Glory to God. I'm coming back double. I'm coming back full. I'm coming back triple. The thief is found. My house is coming back. Everything in your life is a seed. Now, you've prepared whatever the Lord told you to do financially. But I've got a story to tell you real quick, and you'll understand it. Two things. You believe it's a Holy Ghost meeting? Yeah. Three, three things, actually, three. You believe it's a Holy Ghost meeting? Yeah. Do you believe I hear from God? Yeah. Number three, did you tell me it was my meeting? Yeah. 
Okay, is that your money you're going to sow? Could you? No, no, no. Yeah, it is too. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't give it up freely, tell me how somebody going to get it from you. No, it's in your control, in your possession. Is that your money you're sowing? Then you can do with it what you want to. That's why sowing is so powerful. It's an act of your will too. See, you purpose to do it. See, you have, part of you has to get involved. And my point is, if it's, if it's my meeting, I can do with this meeting what I want to. Can I not? <laughs> so I've got a seed to sow. It's the second time I've ever done this in the ministry quite this way. But the Lord spoke to me in the room today because remember now, remember how the Lord Jesus said, remember how the Lord Jesus said to Brother Hagin, he said uh, to him when he visited him in 1970, I want you to go preach the healing and healing in the covenant and then the anointing to heal and then special miracles. And he did a week of meetings, 20 years, and it got him into the fullness of his assignment. And he said, and when you do this, that anointing that's been on you and seasonally will come on you to abide. There's certain moments where he wants to put a new coat on you. And he has ways to do that, Right? Years ago, I knew that there were certain things he wanted me to do and there was a minister that was connected to us and so forth. And I, and I called up a pastor friend of mine that I knew well and I said, Pastor, I know I'm scheduled to preach for you for three days. I said, and, and uh, I wouldn't offend you for the world. I said, do you believe I'm a man of God? Yeah. Do you believe I hear from God? Yeah. I said, uh, we got something I need to do to obey God. I need to sow a meeting. And I've got a man that the Lord told me to sow it to. And so I know you're prepared. I know you got advertisement out. I get that. I understand that. But, but I'm going to be disobedient to God if I don't do this. Will you allow me to pay all of his expenses, send him, and let him preach this meeting in my place? Now, what I knew was not only would I get a harvest from that, but that when he got there, what would have been on me in the meeting would now come on him and his ministry, and I'd reproduce myself, and they'd get the same manifestations. The first night of that three-night meeting, he called a little 12-year-old girl up that had been born deaf. This had never happened in his ministry ever. And when he prayed for her, pop, pop, instantly her ears opened up. And from that day forward, he began to operate in the miracle ministry, and they had a meeting. <laughs> Glory be to God. Well, I've told you the miracles. I've told you the visitations. You've seen the miracles this week of healing? Huh? But there's a bigger picture. There's the kingdom here. Jesus transferred something to his disciples, did he not? Then he transferred something. Why? Because he couldn't get to everybody. This is only the second time in our life in ministry it's ever happened, but the Lord told me to do it. He said, now you received the offering tonight. <clears throat> And I thought I would do it more quickly, but he seemed to be working on something, digging a well here. That makes it lay in the platform. You see that? He said, now, he said, uh, he told you it was your meeting. You can do with the meeting what you want. And I said, yes, sir. He said, what do you want to do with it? And I said, well, I'm going to do something unusual. <laughs> I didn't realize I would actually preach the whole sermon over the offering, but that's beside the point. I said, I want to do something unusual. I want to sow the meeting. I'll get up and receive the offering, 
And Brother Brian's going to preach tonight in the name. And when he does, that anointing he's walked in sometimes. He's going to come on this app to stay. Glory be to God. And he's going to carry it on a level. Demons are going to scream and leave. The angels are going to start working with you. They're going to get your harvest. They're bringing a building to you. The apostolic is coming on you tonight in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. And I've got one more thing to do before I let you sow your seed. I'm, wow, I just ate paper. Lord, I must, be, I must be up to something. Dear Jesus, hallelujah. Like Dave Duell one time, he was blowing on people and he was in, he, he was in a meeting and he went, Phew, and he'd always use a cert because he'd blow on them. Power of God hit him, you know. And he blew a cert out once and it stuck on a woman right there, glory to God. She fell out. He told the usher, that's an anointed cert. Get it, glory to God. I don't know about that. I just ate paper, but hey, <laughs> that's because I'm a sheep. But anyway, glory be to God. <laughs> glory be to God. I got one more thing to do and the man of God is going to come bring the word of God. He's got something. Hallelujah. 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 He's got an utterance. I mean, from the moment I laid hands on him, it just changed the reservoir of the repertoire of what he was going to say tonight. You watch when he gets up, God's going to take him some directions, and I am set to hear it. I cannot wait. Glory be to God. But now one more thing to do. Uh, when this couple walked in here tonight, when y'all walked in, you know, I, I, I mean, we kind of know of one another, but I, I, now it's okay. It's okay that you did. Nothing wrong with it. But Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you. And when you came around the corner, to my knowledge, we've never met. But when you came around the corner, the Lord said, that's, that's their son. That's what the Lord said. And suddenly, when you turned, Lord, he made me to know something. Three days before 2020, I had open vision, the world began to shake. He said, I don't want to talk to you about a year. I want to talk to you about a decade. It should be known as the decade of deliverance. And a new generation of deliverers is being born. And so you need to and you need to and you and 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 if you will, and it will, you will So if you step in and receive the word of the prophet, you shall see. You're one of the generation of deliverers that shall be. For tonight, a new level of healing miracles comes upon thee. Do not wait for a greater chronological age. Give space for me because the darkness does rage and you're the salt and the light and the answer of the hour. So rise up, my son, and begin to walk in this power. And realize if you'll take a deep breath and not think in the natural and receive it on the inside, suddenly in a mantle will come upon you. It will begin to abide. First here and first there. It shall manifest until fully you grow up into what you're supposed to wear, and then it will come, and everywhere you go, it will be there. For I've given the nations under your feet, and everywhere you step, people will be set free. So you'll step to this nation, and then that nation, and then that nation you'll go. And when you get over here, ah, demons will scream, and they will run and flee and go. And you'll go over here and lay hands on the sick, and they'll fall in the floor. And they'll get up from the floor completely whole and restored. Carry my mantle, saith the Spirit of grace, because tonight this power that's come on you is just 
a little taste. Ah, go to the nations. And I will reproduce all I've told you I would do. And everything that I promise you will come into full view. For you're up on the mountaintop and climb, climb, climb you have. And you wonder how much longer, Lord, until I see those things you've spoken to me and said I could have. But now not only will I do it through the two of you, but I'm going to do it by those that sinned in the next generation too. And I'll multiply a hundredfold what you've been told. Get ready, saith the Lord. It's the hour you must be bold. Glory to God. Do more. Go more. Be more. That church of years is about to explode. So come on up in a different administration because what I put on you, you can't stay in that one location. So let me do what I want to do <laughs> and take your hands off the wheel and I'll help you. Glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Okay, I've done what I was supposed to do. Ha 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 in the name of Jesus. Hey 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 ha 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 on the things that have already been laid out, saith the Lord, and it's going to give the people a true kickstart. I told you to have this meeting, and you were obedient to me. You're going to begin to see that new anointing to kickstart over into divine destiny. Now, you know, I don't have a problem. I've preached so many times, so many places, where the whole time I was preaching, people were stuck to the floor and I was stepping over. So, you know, it's just, it's just not a big deal to me. I stay in receive mode. I said, I stay in receive mode. Glory to God. Heaven's got something great for you, sir. Hallelujah. Heaven has big plans in the room. Brother David, Brother David, Brother, I don't even know where I am. The mercies of David, whatever. I, I believe his name is Pastor Brian. But I'm kind of like in another place right now. So if you don't mind, I'm going to receive. Now you can sow right now anytime you want to. There's a container up here. Anytime you want to, obey God. Grab your Bible, get ready, and get back in your seat. Get ready. Now, don't do the sit down and listen to me because that anointing's all over him. Yeah. No more symptoms. No more symptoms. And no, no more medicine. No more medicine. Two days, two days now. Hey! Hey! Do you mind if I tell the people? This dear lady laid hands on her two days ago. Two days now without medicine, zero symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Remember I told you, shaking is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. So he's shaking stuff off of you. But there's an unshakable authority. And so he shook Parkinson's off of her where she's not shaking anymore. <laughs> Don't you love the Lord? Isn't God good? I'm thrilled with you. And it'll, oh yeah, I'll tell her. And then it's yours. I'll tell her. And it will never return. Praise God. Obey the Lord. I sow the balance of this meeting to you, sir. 
Let's just praise the Lord. Father, we thank Ooh. you. Oh, oh, pray in no city. Just praise them with me. The word says those who pray in tongues, they do give thanks well. Give thanks well. Let's thank them right now. Glory. Glory, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory. 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 You know, a few seconds ago, Brother Tracy said, what the Lord will give you will set right on the foundation that's already been laid. He, he didn't preach the scriptures I'm going to, but the, but the topic is right what the Lord told me. Right what the Lord told me. As soon as I started praying over this, the Lord dropped my spirit. I want you to turn. You can sit down, grab your Bible. You're going to receive something tonight. Just say this with me. Just confess it. Lord, I receive your refreshing today. Tonight is my refreshing from you, Father, by the Holy Ghost. A fresh breath. Does God do anything that is old? Everything He does is fresh. Everything He does is right now. Everything that He releases, it's right now for you. It's right on time. It's a refreshing. It's a refreshing. He's not doing anything stale. He even said, you know, the healing is the children's bread. But he said that we are to have fresh daily bread. Healing is fresh for us every single day. There's not a word that's stale that's preached of the Spirit. There's a lot of words and preaching that's preached by man that's stale. Messages they preached before. But by the Spirit, when they flow by the Spirit, it's fresh. Daily bread of nutrition for our souls and a refreshing breath inside of our spirit. It's a fresh daily bread. I want you just to see something real quickly here in uh, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord formed man of dust from the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The breath of life. The fresh breath of life. And then it says, and man became a living being. This fresh breath of God turned this dirt, this mud that God had formed, into a living man 
full of the Zoe life of God, a fresh breath of God, a fresh breath, a fresh spirit blown into this man, turned him into something living and alive, and watch this, able to carry the glory. He was clothed, we know from the word, he was clothed with glory. He was clothed with this glory. He was clothed with it. The fresh breath of God raised this dirt into a place to carry the glory. You know, the truth is, every single one of us at one point, we had uh, been re, uh, reverse engineered back into that sinful dirt. There was a moment where we had been reverse engineered by sin and by the curse into that dirt. And what we needed was a fresh breath of God to recreate us, turn us into something that was able to carry the glory of God again. And then when Jesus came and he refreshed the vessel, then he came in Acts chapter 2. Turn there real quick. He came to Acts chapter 2. He had reformed the vessel. It wasn't old wineskins anymore. It was new wineskins, able to carry something fresh. There was a mess that you and I had. But all of a sudden, the Lord came in, into our mess, into all the junk, into all the stuff the devil had tricked us into, we wanted to go into. He took all of that stuff and he recreated us. And he formed us into a fresh wineskin. And all of a sudden, you see here that God had prepared us to receive another fresh breath of God. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them... Tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. A mighty, rushing, refreshing breath of God. Up till this point, they didn't have what it took to go and minister. They were not able. They were not adequate on their own accord. They needed a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. They needed the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Sin, the world, the devil, corruption, temptation had led all of these men into the place where Peter fell at his feet and said, Get away from me! I'm not worthy! Get away from me! I'm not worthy, Lord! The same type of thing had hit Isaiah in Isaiah 6 where he realized, I have just stepped into the presence of Almighty God. I've stepped in front of a holy God. And in that moment, in that moment, he realized, I'm a dead man because this body is not able to hold. It's not able to walk around this holiness. You can't take something unholy and put it in a holy fire, and it come out and still be alive. But God said, listen, I will take a coal of fire, and I'll burn off. I'll burn off all of that old. I'll recreate the vessel. And that one touch of the fire of God turned him from, I'm a dead man. I'm a man uh, that has unclean lips, and I live with a people of unclean lips. And in one touch of the fire of God, he went from, I'm a dead man, to here I am. Send me. Send me. 
One touch, one refreshing. One refreshing. Here it is in Acts chapter 2. They had come through. They had seen Jesus. They didn't think it was going to go that way. They even were tempted to have an offense. Lord, you can't go up to Jerusalem. You can't give your life like that. They had an offense. Peter that night, he pulls out a sword. He's ready to die with Jesus. Just a few hours later, he denies that he even knows him. I thought he was going to take back Israel. I thought he was going to take back Jerusalem from the Romans. An offense set in. He couldn't even say that. And he went to be a broken man. And then in John 21, after Jesus has, has risen, they don't know what to do. He goes back to his normal thing. Have you ever been walking through life and all of a sudden you didn't get rid of all the old stuff? I love that about Elijah. Or Elijah. I love it about Elijah. He took all the equipment, all of the utensils of his past life. He broke them into pieces and he said, I will not hang these up as a memorial because I won't set my eyes on them. I'm going forward from this day forward. Apparently they hadn't quite done this yet with Peter. And they didn't know what to do so they just went back to the default. I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. They go out on the lake. They're out there on the lake. Another, You know, when you do things out of the will of God, they just don't work right. They just don't work right. And there again, they fished all night. Oh God, I'm tired of working all night and having nothing to show for it. I don't want that anymore in my life. I want to do it with God. I need His blessing on it. I need His refreshing on it. I need His touch in my life. Why in the world would we waste time doing it any other way when we have a loving God that, that wants to get the blessing of His prosperity in every area of our life? Why would we do that? Many times it's because it's our comfort zone. That's what our default is. We've been taught, just, just go work it out. Just go grind it out. And God's saying, just come spend time with me. One thing, Martha, is needful. One thing. And Mary's chosen it when she sat at the feet of Jesus. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him. In the precious fellowship with Him where we stay constantly refreshed by His fresh breath. In Him. God's calling us into an intimacy, a personal intimacy with Him that Jesus opened the door. He's called us into that intimacy and it's time for the church to enter in and never come out. Peter's on that boat. They fished all night. Nothing's going on. All of a sudden, they, somebody on the shore, some figure, some silhouette calls out from the shoreline, throw your net on the other side. I don't know, there was a miracle one time they heard with those same words. I'm thinking, if I heard them again, even if it was three and a half years later, I'm thinking, wait a minute, who is that guy? But that's not what got their attention. But when those nets filled up, they saw the nature of their loving God, their prosperous God. They said, oh my goodness, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. I recognize His fruit. I recognize His fruit. I recognize His refreshing. I recognize the fruit of the King has just filled my nets. The fruit of the King has filled my life with His prosperity. I recognize the marks that are on Him. I recognize His character and His nature has just entered into my nets and now my boat. I love Peter's response. 
Peter's response, he, he, he takes that, <laughs> he grabs all his stuff, and they're still catching fish, you know. He grabs all his stuff, and they're like, hey, that's a nice catch, boys. I'm gone. <laughs> Splash right into the water, and he's swimming to the shore. They were still, they were still yards away, long ways off. He grabbed all his stuff and jumped in the water. How many of us are going to jump in the water from this day forward? And then all of a sudden, he gets to the shore. Oh, man. <laughs> How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. And he gets up to the shore. And, and Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Three times he gives him that chance to redeem himself. He says, Lord, you know I love you. He gives them, there's a lot of instruction in, in John 21. There's tons in those scriptures right there, tons. And it's a different message, but it's, there's tons in, that, in those scriptures. Many things I needed to know about pastoring that I didn't know when I started there. In that set of scriptures right there. But right at that moment, what you see is who was a broken man who went away weeping bitterly because that dirt had lost it's freshness. You saw the love of the Father through Jesus reach down into his life and say, you're not too broken for me. You're not too broken for me. You're not too broken for me. Yeah. You're not too broken for me. You're probably going to be up there a while, but go ahead and go up there. You're not too broken for me. You've not gone through enough that you can't stand any longer. You're not too broken. Even the doubts that came up in your heart, like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this? Like, it, what am I even doing? Am I even worthy? Am I even called? Even those doubts that come up in your mind, <laughs> you're not too broken. No, he took, he took Peter, who was broken in his own eyes. And he just said, do you love me? Will you, will you receive my love? And in an instant, Peter became a here am I send me type of person. You see, that, that is available for every person. That's available for every person all the time. You're not too broken with him. All we need is a refreshing. We need a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. We need a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. And everybody in here, I believe that everybody that wants it can have a refreshing tonight. And you may have walked in here tonight going, I am done. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like it. I don't want to do anything. But let me tell you what a refreshing will do. It sets a fire back in you. It gives you a fire that the world will look at and say, what in the world is going on with you? What is going on? I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening with you. After this, this rushing, mighty rushing wind came in in Acts chapter 2. In, in Acts chapter 3, Peter, this same Peter that we're talking about. In Acts chapter 3, this same Peter that was broken. This, this man had some revelation of how broken you could be. You know, neither one of us have ever looked Jesus in the eyes while we denied him. None of us have done that. 
This man who understood that and then looked Jesus in the eyes as Jesus gave him three chances of redemption. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. All Peter needed was a refreshing. He just needed the refreshing breath of God. And that refreshing breath of God comes in and all of a sudden the glory of God is fit to be in our lives again. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just the ministers and they get to carry the glory. I'm talking about every believer. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for your light has come. I'm talking about every believer in John 17. John 17 where he says, I'm not just praying for these disciples, but I'm praying. I'm praying, but I'm not just praying for these disciples here. I'm praying for everyone who will believe on me through their word. That means every person that will accept him as Lord. And what he said was, the same way I was sent, sent I send them. That means that same anointing that you just heard. Brother Tracy preached on healing, on prosperity, the fire of God, the wind of God. That same anointing is sent with every believer that will have him in this room, that will receive a fresh breath no matter what you've seen, no matter what you've gone through. That same fresh breath. This same Peter, he stood up in his second sermon after, after Pentecost. <laughs> and I want you to look at this in verse 17. Peter's preaching. And now, brethren, I know. He's talking, talking to the religious folk. Anybody ever in here been a religious folk? Anybody ever been a religious folk? I have. It stinks. Don't do it. And if you have done it and are doing it, just get out of it. It's no fun. Trusting in God and looking crazy to the world is much more fun. It's much more fun. You already look crazy because you said you're a Christian. You already look crazy to them. It's complete foolishness to the world. Why not just jump in the deep end and, and in, in the hot, not the lukewarm? Why don't, why don't we just jump in the fire? Don't you know? Think about this with Isaiah, going back to that story in Isaiah 6. Think about this. What if Isaiah wasn't, a, wasn't afraid and scared of the fire of God? But he just boldly came before the throne. And instead of having that whole moment, he just said, Lord, I know you and I trust you. And I'm jumping in right now. I'm jumping into it. What if the whole church did that? What if the body of Christ did that across the world? Where could we be? We'd have a whole bunch of here, I, here am I, send me's. Lord, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And all of a sudden, the fresh breath of God could come into our lives. We're not just talking. See, this, this is the thing is, we keep, we keep comparing. Didn't I, ask, didn't I ask if God did anything stale and old? But yet everything in our brain that says, oh, I'm looking for the power of God, everything in our brain keeps going back to what we've seen before. We'll go back to the stories you just had in that meeting. That meeting and that testimony is old. We're going to glory to glory, greater to greater. God's rising your ministry up. He's rising our ministry up. He's rising our lives up right now. Every step getting brighter and brighter and brighter till the noonday sun. That's His plan. It, 
It's not going. See, we keep comparing it to the knowledge we have before instead of receiving fresh revelation, a fresh breath of revelation today. Lord, what do you want to do in this meeting? And I'm about halfway done, so don't get excited because she's playing. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm sitting over here shaking under the power of God as you're ministering because of what you're touching on is right what he told me to minister on. Right what he told me to minister on. Here he goes. Here's Peter in his second sermon, this man who had seen brokenness. And all I want you to see is I want you to see. Now, don't play funeral music now. All right, good. All right, I want you to see. I want you to see something. Every single one of us at some point has felt unworthy, Broken, you know, every one of us, because we've all been without Christ at one point. Every single one of us has felt that place. And then there's some moments where it's just like the devil has piled on in our lives. And even, I can tell you one time, I was going over, uh, to, I was going over to the Philippines, my first, my first trip there. And I got over there, literally, probably the most, probably the best place spiritually I'd ever been in my life up till that moment. I had just come off, you know, a couple, a 40-day fast. I mean, I'm, I'm was, I was skinny, and I felt anointed, and I was excited, and God had told me to go. I had a word from the Lord to go. And I was traveling alone, and all of a sudden, I hit the Shanghai airport, and I'm sitting in there, and I'm going to go and shake a nation. And I know it. I'm going to do that. But I'm telling you, I came under an attack. And I wasn't sitting there like in the corner crying and, and bawling my eyes out or anything and missing my plane. It wasn't like that. It was just all of a sudden, as worthy as I was in Christ, I didn't feel any of it. If, if you could have felt my feelings, my feelings, where I was in Christ was here, but my feelings were way down here. And I needed, and this is where it becomes very important as to who you're connected to. If you ever want to partner with a ministry, this is a good one right here. Harvest International Ministry, Ministerial Affiliation. This ministry is one to partner with. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I was right in the middle of a jam. I mean, here I am. I'm in, I'm in China. I, I'm, I'm literally in China, in the airport right then. And even the airport's probably nicer than it is outside. Like, at least it's got some international flair to it, you know, but it still felt oppressive to me. I mean, I walked in, I could feel the oppression of godlessness. I could feel it, I could sense it. And that, that I was, a demonic attack tried to make me feel like I was worth nothing. And there's moments where the, where the devil can come and he can just pile on and pile on and pile on, and you don't even feel worthy of anything. Matter of fact, you might just feel like a piece of trash. In that moment, I kind of felt like that myself. I, I was thinking, what am I doing here? What am I even doing here? I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Praise God, I knew to pray that prayer. He said, call Brother Tracy. And that was, that was the morning. Now, it was like 7 o'clock at night there, but it was somewhere around 7 a.m. at your house. I'll never talk to you at, at that hour. I think that, I don't know, but that might be your time with the Lord, and you don't answer the phone much around that hour. Is that right? And I called him, and he picked up the phone. He said, hey there. 
I was just hearing his voice. Oh, glory to God. I mean, it just, that, that lifted me up right there. I told him what was going on. We prayed. Man, that thing just broke right off of me. I want you to understand, of course, that's the anointing of the Father coming through him. But I was just hearing a man's voice. Imagine if we learn how to really connect with our Father. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's always with us. It's only the devil in our sight that tells us he's not around. He's with you. As soon as you accept him as Lord and Savior, he's with you to the end. What if we learn to walk in that? If we put faith in that? And so you can feel like trash, but I'm telling you, a fresh touch of God can change everything. I want you to see this in, in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 and, and verse 17, it says, And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also. I want you to see this. You understand that when we act like God's not around, that's ignorance. When we act like God's not there, that's ignorance. I'm not calling you ignorant. I'm just saying that's an ignorant thought. And it's one we shouldn't accept. We shouldn't believe. And that trash can pile up on us if we'll listen to it. And what he's saying here, he's talking to somebody else, but I think we can apply it. There's many times when you and I have not felt worthy, we've not felt able, we've not felt adequate, and we've got to set our eyes above. We've got to set our eyes to the heavens, to our Lord and Savior. We've got to set our eyes on spiritual things and heavenly things, not the fleshly things around us, not the wind, not the waves, but set our eyes on a Lord. Set our eyes on a Savior. Set our eyes on a King of kings and Lord of lords. One that knows how to pull you out of all of it. How knows how to take a broken vessel, heal it, recreate it, fill it with a fresh breath. It's ignorant for us to not see that when we feel like I did. And I, I was seeking, I was, I, was, I was seeking the Lord. Oh, praise God. I, I went to him and I asked, what do you want me to do? Praise God. Somebody had a word from a loving father's voice for me that day. But the issue is that we have that available to us all the time, a fresh breath of God. Here he says this. He says, verse 18, But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all his prophets, that his Christ would suffer. He announced it by his prophets. He has thus fulfilled. Everything that God said he was going to do, he's done it. He's done it. Everything he ever promised, it's come through. It's come through. And it's still coming through today. It's finished. No matter how I feel, no matter how broken I've been, it's done today. Lord, we don't want to be ignorant and not pay attention to what you promised. Not pay attention to what you've done. But we make a choice no matter how I feel. Lord, I might feel like junk, but I trust you. I pull on you today. I don't want to think ignorant thoughts. I want to see you have fulfilled it. Fulfilled it. And this verse right here is key. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. From the presence of the Lord. That means I've got to change my way of thinking. i got to stop thinking like I'm beat up. i got to stop thinking like I'm trash. Because the, 
The value of the person is set by the buyer. The value of the person is set by the buyer. And God has already determined in your life that you are valuable. That you are worth the price of His Son. You will never be less than that. He said you're valuable and we've got to turn towards Him and receive that value as received in our life. Just listen to these verses. He wants us to get a time of refreshing. He saw it in Acts chapter 2 and he's telling now in the second sermon, this refreshing that we have, this rushing wind that we've had, you can have this rushing wind too. You can have this Holy Ghost as well. You can have this fresh fire come in your life. You can have this refreshing come into you. Come into your ministry. Come into your home. Come into your mind. You can have it. It's just simply a reach towards God saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. (laughs) There was a period of time in my life, there was a period of time in my life where Things weren't going great. Many of y'all know this. My my dad is uh, my dad was a pastor. Him and my mom, they were pastoring for about three and a half years, four years or so, and and then you know they got separated and and got divorced. And um, praise God, we can talk about it today because there for a long time we couldn't, could we? <laughs> and uh, and the truth is. Like I'm, I'm 13 or 14 and I had a relationship with God and during that period of time, I, I, I won't say that I left God because I didn't. I, I didn't leave God, but I definitely didn't chase after Him. I just didn't chase after Him. It wasn't their fault. I made that choice. I made that choice. I know I made that choice. Because I was sitting there during those years and I was just like, I just didn't care. I just didn't care. Now, early on, early on, you can stop for a second. Early on in that, you know, I got born again. I was sitting, I was sitting in the church when I was seven years old. And uh, actually, the, when I was sitting in church, I was eight years old. We got some documents I finally found to prove that. It's got my baptism date. Thank you for finding the baptism slip. But I was sitting about here where Miss Sharon is in the church, probably about seven rows back. And the preacher, Pastor Rick Kidd, was preaching that day. And I remember sitting there in that service, and he was preaching, and the Holy Spirit came on me. And I'm eight years old. And I, and I felt, I didn't know what he was preaching. It must have been anointed, but it definitely had to be the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit was drawing me. I knew at the end of that service that he was going to give an altar call because he was a good Baptist church. They always do that. And probably played just as I am. I'm not sure. All I knew was the Holy Spirit was drawing me. He was drawing me. And I was sitting there in that pew, 
And I felt it was like it was basically like I was sitting there at the end of a slingshot, just waiting for him to say amen on this prayer and ask people to come forward. And as soon as he did, I was like, and I just wanted to go and accept Jesus. I remember the draw to this day the Holy Spirit put on my life. And I would watch TV. I'd watch all kinds of Christian TV, and Mom can tell you. I'd, 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 go, I'd watch them ministering all over the world. And uh, had no idea I was sowing into my future. I had no idea about that. I just had the heart of the Lord. Just had the heart of the Lord on me. And I'd go break open my piggy bank. I'd go get a butter knife and I'd fish all the quarters I could out of there. Go get a Ziploc bag and tell them, say, go mail this, to, mail this in for me. Is that right? I'd do it all the time. I just wanted to see the gospel go around the world. And then I got filled with the Holy Ghost around the age of nine and started praying in tongues at nine. Now, it was real. It was not fake. And that, that refreshing of God came on my life. That refreshing of God came on my life. It was awesome. Prayed over kids. I've told you, you know, prayed over kids at, at around 12 years, watched miracles come out of my, you know, my hands where God was doing it through me, and watched kids, the children's legs grow out. And I was like, I just thought it was normal. I didn't think it was anything special because it is normal to God. And it's going to be normal tonight. Is anybody, anybody going to receive normal? God's normal tonight. A refreshing. Anybody going to receive a refreshing in their body, in their spirit, or in their mind tonight? And all of a sudden, you know, and then I went through this time at 14, 15, 16, 17. And, you know, I just felt my heart getting colder and colder and colder and colder. It wasn't gone, but it wasn't where it was. And then Nicole and I started dating, and we went to church for the first time in a long time. And I remember the first time I went to church, I think, some, I think the Lord has me telling this story for a reason. I went to church, and I can just remember sitting there under pressure. Just all I wanted to do was get out of that church, and it wasn't because of the message, it was because of the people. Because all I did was look around and see hypocrisy. I could just, like I could smell it, just smell the hypocrisy. Because I, I do remember one, it was about a week or two after they got separated. We walked into a store, and there was somebody from the church, I don't even remember who it was. But I remember a week before, they'd been so loving to me, and the next, and two weeks, week or two weeks later, we walked into a store, and that person saw us and turned around like this and turned their back on us. And I'm 14, you know, so I don't know why they're doing that. I'm just like, you were my family two weeks ago, and now you're not. Like, what's up with that? And, and I get it. They're under pressure, and they, you know, when, when divorce is an ugly thing, and and they're under pressure. They don't know who's right, who's wrong, who's all of this stuff. And I just saw the aftermath of that, you know. But I remember as a child, it hurt me. And when I stepped into that church and I saw all these people with their fake religion and their fake fakeness, <laughs> I just wanted out of there. Watch this. I just wanted out. But I knew in my heart I needed to be there. 
And I remember it was like the second or third time we had gone back to church and we went like that first time and then we went about four months later and uh, then we went about three months later and it got a little bit more often. And I remember it was about the second or third time we went there. I was some guy that said he was talking to me and I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to talk to him. Now look, now think about this. Y'all, I talk to everybody. Like, look how far God's brought me. <laughs> look how far. I talk to everybody. And I want to. But that's where I was. That's where I was. And it was real. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't godly, but it was real to me. I didn't want nothing to do with that. And that dude came out, and he wanted to talk to me, and he was probably trying to love on me, probably could read, you know. Sometimes you don't need a spiritual gift to tell people are pissed off, you know. <laughs> it just kind of came out. And he was trying to love on me, and so I just thought, I'm going to let him have it, you know, just like, you know what, I don't want to be in here with you bunch of hypocrites, you know. Like, I don't want, like, all I see is hypocrisy. And I don't even know who this guy was. Maybe he was an angel. It was very, very easily could have been. I don't know. But he was merciful with me. But he made a statement. And I don't think he was an angel because his statement's not, it's not entirely correct. But I got the point. He said, he said, son, as long as you, as long as you allow a hypocrite to come between you and God, that just means that a hypocrite is closer to God than you are. Now, that's not a true statement, necessarily. That's not an absolute, but I got the point. And I realized right then, I can never allow the wrongdoings of other people to give me permission to do the wrong thing. I can never allow people choosing wrong things in their life to not go after the Holy Ghost. I can never allow that. I can, uh, you know, I know, I know a story that y'all have. I, I can never allow somebody doing something really stupid that breaks up so much of the church to stop what's about to happen right now. What's about to happen right now. Right now, yeah. When you said that, it's happening right now. There's something happening in a, in a thunderous, heavenly way. It's happening right now in y'all's ministry, not just at the church, but all over the world. There's something happening. I can sense it. And when he spoke that over you, I, I, about, I about shouted it myself. I about shouted it, and then he said it because I sensed it. It's happening right now. Same thing. Same thing. It's now. Now's the time. Now's the time. I just don't know how much I can take of you talking softly in a microphone, though, with that soft background you got. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> he was sitting there the other day on the podcast, and he was like, brothers, God is just so good. And I forget what you were saying exactly, but I went, oh, my goodness, Kenneth, would you preach, please? <laughs> but you know what, though? It was reaching people. It was reaching people, and it blessed me. I just had to pick on you. But I said, God, I can't ever let something that, that has happened wrong Stop me from doing what's right. And I want you to see this. That means even if it was me who did it, what's wrong? Now think about that. I'm the one who stepped away 
and I'm the one that got in my own way. God was there the whole time. I, I had been ignorant and walked away. See, we can't let even men, any man come between us and God, and that includes our own self. We've got to get our own self and our own feelings out of the way. We've got to get that flesh man put down and get it out of the way. Well, one of these days we went back to church and we kept, it started getting easier. Why? Because of Proverbs 16.3, commit your works to the Lord that your thoughts might be established. Hear that again. Commit your works to the Lord that your thoughts might be established. My thoughts were messed up, but I knew what was right to do. And so I just kept doing what was right. Even when my flesh didn't want to do it, I just did it anyway because I knew it was right. And the Lord started lining up my thoughts and getting my thoughts on, on that track. One of, those, one of those days we went to church. We went home from church and we were sitting at the dinner table. We had been dating for a few months and all of a sudden uh, Nicole asked, what is this thing? What is this salvation? What is this? And at the dinner table, she gets born again. Now, how important was it that I went, instead of my feelings, instead of my thoughts, instead of the hypocrite, in spite of what we've been through, that we did those right things? A refreshing came to her, and I'm going to tell you, the moment a refreshing came to her, because I was connected, and we were dating and heading towards marriage, there was a refreshing that came to me. The, the split second... She said, Amen. The Lord dropped in a strength inside of me, and I felt a call to that ministry again, like I'd not felt in years, because in age eight or nine, I felt a call to preach. I didn't even know what that was, but I can tell you now, it wasn't just in my head. The Lord had done something in my heart. There's, there's people in here right now that have a call on their life, and you've been running from it. You've been running from it, and you've been running from it, and I did it too, but it's time to stop running from it. There is no better place than to be where God has called you, and any other place you will be miserable. You will be miserable. It will tear you up and spit you out, and you don't want any part of it. You won't, it's not because God's doing it. It's because you know there's a better place. Don't let the devil catch you in that trap. And all of a sudden, I moved into this place and I felt the call of God. Oh, golly, this is. I felt the call of God on my life. Instantaneously, I felt the draw of moving back towards the Lord. I started going to preach. I, I, said, I said, Lord, where do you want me to? I was like, I got to go preach. I mean, I, I was just mad at hypocrites a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'd had enough of it. And now I got to preach. And the Lord started to grow us up together in Christ and we started moving towards those things. And I want you to, and, and I was like, but something's missing. Something, something's just not right. And I went into, I, I used to love doing this. When we were little, our, our parents would take us to the Baptist bookstore. And in there, they'd have all these tracts and I'd read the tracts and, and there was tons of condemnation in there, but I'd read them because they were interesting and, and I'd read those and I would go in there and I, I would love the little, I would get the little mini books when I was little. And I remembered, I, I knew enough to know I need to be a person of faith and I need to be a person of the Holy Ghost and I need to be a person of the glory of God. 
And I went into that Baptist. I found a Baptist bookstore. I think it was in Monroe, North Carolina. I was traveling. I was doing my job in sales and everything. And I walked into that bookstore. And I said, I need to find, I need to find some good books. And I'm in that bookstore. And I'm just talking to the Lord. I'm talking to the Lord. And the Lord said, and I said, Lord, what book do you want me to get? He said, son. And I got some books. He showed me what to get. But that wasn't, the, that wasn't the point. I'm standing in the middle of that bookstore. He says, son, what you need is a refreshing. You need a refreshing. You need the fresh breath of God. I said, I said what are you talking about? He said, he said you, need, you need to be baptized fresh in the Holy Ghost again. You need a fresh breath of God to come in and change you. You need a touch from me that will change everything and that will empower everything. I said, Lord, well, then give it to me. Baptize me then. Fine. He said, no, you've already been baptized. He said, put it on. Stir up the gift. I said, oh, Lord. I said, I hadn't prayed in tongues in, since I was a kid. I haven't prayed in tongues since I was a kid. And I was like, I'm in the Baptist bookstore. This is not the place to pray in tongues. I'm pretty sure of it. There's probably a rule somewhere on, a lot, on, a, on the wall around here. This is not the place to pray in tongues. And all of a sudden, I, I, he said, just, I'll give the utterance, basically. I'll give the utterance. You speak. Stir up the gift. He started giving me the strength uh, and the utterance of the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure it was the most, you know, childish, like a kid learning to talk again. But I'm telling you, the moment I started praying in the Spirit, so sweet in it, it's going to be so much better than it was then. So that, because it's hard to go back and pretend like I can't now. I'm telling you, the moment that I just yielded to His command and did the right thing, my thinking started changing. And that moment I started praying in tongues, I'm telling you, a refreshing hit me in the Baptist bookstore. A refreshing hit me. A fresh breath of God came into my life and instantly I was supercharged with the power of God. And listen, it didn't solve all of my problems that my flesh was presenting, but it gave me the power to deal with every one of them. It gave me the power to say yes to God, to say no to the devil. It gave me that power of that walking in that fresh breath of God everywhere I go from that day forward. All of a sudden, the Lord started opening up opportunities to grow, to preach. Preach came a lot after the growing. And all of a sudden there were moments and times where, and I just got hungry for the things of God and I'd go after them and I'd go after them and I'd go after them. And then I'd hit a brick wall. And I'd just hit a brick wall and I didn't know what was wrong. And I'd be on fire for God for six months. Man, tonight's a night of refreshing for you. Just close your eyes for a second. Tonight's a night of refreshing for you. I can sense it. I can feel it. It's not just one. There's a refreshing that needs to happen. There's a refreshing. And just say this with me. Say, tonight, Lord, I receive that refreshing. 
Let me remind you about what I said earlier. The refreshing of God is not the great things you've seen so far. It's the fresh glory to glory power that goes far above, far beyond, abundantly beyond all that you can ask or think. You can't even imagine how good He's taken you, what kind of place He's taken you to. It'll be more glorious than what you've ever seen. It'll be more health and divine healing than you've ever seen. It'll be more prosperous than you've ever had. There's a refreshing and it's coming in tonight and it's not limited just to the stale bread of yesterday's service. It is a fresh fire from heaven to light you up to take every believer and take them to the next level no matter where you've been. And I had, a, I had a moment come in and man, I ran from God because pretty much all my life I believed this, that in order to stand in this pulpit you had to be perfect. <laughs> and I believed you had to be perfect. And I knew every time I'd get close to the place where it was time for me to take that pulpit, every time I'd realize I'm not perfect and I'm not ready for this and I would run away. And running away generally looked like this. I would go and party for six months. I'd go and I'd be out. Nicole and I are now married and I'd be out. I'd I'd go and I'd play cards all night, smoke cigarettes, drink beer. You know, I'm the one who was called to preach just a few days ago, still called to preach. But man, I'm running from it. Then, then I'd get under conviction. You know, of course, condemnation would come right away. Like, you piece of trash. How dare you run from God? It's funny how the devil can tempt you with things and then blame you for his own temptation. And of course, when I'm listening to it, that doesn't help. And then all of a sudden, I'm running from God. And I get back here. And I'd get under conviction. I'd be like, there's no place to get fixed but God. So I'd go back to God. Go back to God. Well, before you know it, I'm on fire again. And I'd be like, glory to God, we're going everywhere. And people would be like, man, he's growing so fast. Look how how excited he is. He must be a pastor. You know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, because everybody, if you you stick out above the crowd at all, everybody wants to shoehorn you into being a pastor. I, I was called to be a pastor, but they didn't all know that. And then, and all it is is just average, normal hunger of a believer. Like, why is it that, answer this question in yourself. Why is it that average, heavenly hunger looks like that person's a minister to everybody else? Because the condition of the church has been so subpar that if anybody gets any hunger on them, natural, normal hunger on them, they look holy. Because we've been so low in the American church. It's a time to change culture. And that culture doesn't change by complaining about it. It changes by you being that change. By you saying, Lord, I may have been broke, but I'll take a refreshing tonight. I'll take a refreshing tonight. I'll take a refreshing tonight. I'll take a refreshing tonight, Lord. Lord, by faith, I'm taking a refreshing tonight. And it's not going to be a place. It's not going to be a place 
that I've kind of considered normal in the past. I'll take a refreshing to another level. We're going higher, and every day will be higher and higher and higher. Lord, I'll take a refreshing tonight. And I'd hit these places, and, and I'd come, and I'd get so close to preaching again, and then I'd be like, I'm not perfect. Ooh, and I'd walk right by it. And there'd be another six months of that. And I don't want to tell you how many times I did that. But I remember the day I'm sitting there in the car and I'm tired of it. I've had enough. I've had one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom for too long and it's been ripping me apart. It's a a horrible place to be. Those were the worst days of my life. You know, it's kind of like this. Somebody gets gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody gets filled with the Holy Ghost and they've been fighting it for years. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. They get a a fresh refreshing of heaven. All of a sudden, they've been fighting it. The first thing out of their mouth is, why in the world did I fight this so much? Why did I do, why did I do that? God, this is awesome. It's like that for every person that ever comes to an altar. It's like, why did I fight that? Oh, my goodness, the love of God is so good. Why? And this is what I found, that God will never ask you for something that isn't opportunity for increase. He'll never ask you for something that isn't opportunity for increase. It'll, it may look to your flesh like it is the worst thing ever. You don't want to do that. You love doing these things of the flesh, these actions of the flesh. You love doing that. You don't want to go and be godly. There's nothing there. It's stale. It's dry. It is not. It is not. It is not. It is glorious. There is nothing he's ever asked me for that I didn't find. I was falling for the counterfeit for years. Nothing. And all of a sudden, I get a hold of the real, and I'm like, glory to God. It's just like drinking. It's just like drinking or drugs, right? Drinking or drugs. Yeah, they were fun for the flesh. But oh my goodness, you get get high in the Holy Ghost. You get drunk in the Spirit. There's no hangovers. There's no dry mouth the next day. There's no headaches going like, oh my God, somebody kill me. You know, there's none of that. None of it. No, there's health. There's healing. There's the blessing of God. There's the freedom of the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, you know, we had to carry somebody out of here last night. You know, they're up here. I see Johnny walking down the hall carrying somebody to dump them in a car because the Holy Ghost was on drunk, laid out by the Holy Ghost. It's awesome. Stuck to the floor. I used to hear about being stuck to the floor and power of the Holy Ghost hit you and all of a sudden you're like, I, I was there, I was like, I don't know if I believe that or not. Or one day I went, and I'm like, you know, this, this is back when I was a little bit stronger. And uh, I went like this to get off of the floor and, and normally I would have gone whoop like that, but I went like that. I was stuck. I was like, and I tried it for like five minutes. I'm like, I'm like, I ain't, and the Holy Ghost is like, you ain't going nowhere. You're stuck. Just sit in it, bask in it, enjoy the presence of God. You're not going anywhere. But I've been one, one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom, and I'm sitting in my car one day, and I said, Lord, I'm done with this. Like, I don't, I don't know what's got to change, but I'm not doing this anymore. But I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, Lord. If you ever don't know what's wrong, just ask the Lord. <laughs> he knows. he knows and he knew what was wrong that day see the issue was I had stuff in me I didn't even know I had ask the Lord he'll help you he's our helper he knows how to bring that fresh wisdom 
that fresh revelation, that fresh breath that will reignite us in this way. All of a sudden, here, here it goes, and, and I said, Lord, what, what is this? Now, you have to understand, for like the last six months, I've been attacking fear in my life. I've, I've, gotten, a, I've gotten a revelation that there is no fear in love, and for me to keep fear in my life was to say, God, you're not welcome into this area. And I got revelation of it. And I said, Lord, what is this, what is this thing? He said, you're scared. And I went. And this was my response. It wasn't, I wasn't being ornery. I, I was just saying, I said, scared of what? Scared of what? Because as far as I knew, I dealt with everything. But of course, the Lord's right. He said, you're scared of the responsibility of ministry. And it, you know, when the Lord takes his finger and he puts it right on that open nerve, like it's like you feel it, you know. I was like, yeah. I was like, you're right. You know, and if the Lord answered me, he'd been like, I know I'm right. I, I'm the, I can see everything. I know I'm right. I said, I said, I am. He said, you, every time, and he showed me, right in an instant, I saw that same pattern over and over and over again. I'd get close to ministry, and then I'd run. I'd get close to ministry, and I was scared of that responsibility. I want you to hear this. In that moment, he said, if you had to be perfect, if you had to be perfect to preach and get in that pulpit and preach, he said, who would preach? He said, who would preach? And I was like, oh, yeah, duh. Nobody. Nobody would preach. And then he said something that floored me and changed my life forever, and I want it to change your life tonight as well. He said this. He said, you know, I saw all of these moments in your life. He said, I saw them all. He said, I saw you running away from me. I saw you partying all night. I saw all the mistakes, all the wrong ideas. I, he said, I saw that all even before I called you to preach and I still called you. I want you to see something. God saw every moment where you felt like trash. Every moment where you didn't feel worthy. He saw every moment with He saw every moment when you didn't believe him on that same level. When you didn't believe him on the level of heaven. See, many, much of our problem has not been necessarily that we've run away from God, every one of us. Much of it has been we've not expected enough. And we need a fresh touch of God to take us to a new level. And we need that fresh Holy Spirit to take us to another level. We've been talking about it all week in Ephesians chapter 5 that says here's the perfect will of God. And then it says don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need the fresh breath of the Holy Ghost to take us to that level today. We need the Holy Ghost to give us that refreshing tonight. We need the Holy Spirit to give us a power that will allow us to walk in that like we've never walked in it before. It's time for us to go to a different level. We need that fresh breath of God. 2 Kings chapter 4. You know the story of the Shunammite woman. And I want you to see a couple of nights ago, Brother Tracy, or was it last night when you talked about the bloods? Last night, he talked and he showed how one offering can speak and change everything. You think about Cornelius in Acts. You see how one offering changed everything. And God sent him 
a man with the good news and changed his life and his family's life forever. The same thing happens in 2 Kings chapter 4. This Shunammite woman said, there's a man of God that keeps passing by here and I'm going to make him a place where he can stay and he can seek God, this prophet's chambers. And all of a sudden she sowed into that man of God. She showed, sowed into the kingdom and here he came and stayed and all of a sudden she didn't, she never had a child. And he said, this time next year you'll have a child. And that child was born. And then we get to this story when the child was grown. In verse 18 it says, When the child was grown, that day, that day came when he went out to his father to the reapers. He said to his father, My head, my head. And he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon and then died. Here's the promise of God. Have any of you been in the place where it's like, oh, I'm walking in this. I'm so ready to be called by God. I'm so ready to be used by God. I'm so ready. I'm called. I, I felt that calling. I felt that refreshing. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to do this. I've got this. You came up to the altar. The anointing hit you. And you're sitting there like, glory to God. And two weeks later, you're like, oh my gosh. I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to go to church anymore. I know, I've seen it, I've felt it. There have been days when I came in on Sunday and that's how I felt. And I'm the preacher. It's not a good place. I'm supposed to be ministering from the overflow and I'm feeling like I ain't got nothing and I don't have enough for me, much less the overflow. And see, a lot of times, that's not the place to be and that's not where I should have been, but... Many of us have felt that way. And even in our call, there's like what I was saying earlier. I went over to preach in this foreign country at one of the best places I've ever been. I got a promise from God. I got a word from God to go to this place. And I'm stepping over there into that place. And I don't even feel worthy. I don't feel worthy. And this promise of God, this child that was a miracle baby comes to this woman and all of a sudden he grows up a little bit and in the field he falls over and dies. See, there's so many times when the devil tries to pile on and he tries to get in our flesh and get in our heads and get in our thinking. We don't feel like we're worth anything. We don't feel like anything. And, and for people to say, well, I never feel like that, that's not the case. Most of the time that would be a lie when preachers say that stuff. They are challenged. It's how they deal with those challenges that changes everything. And how this woman dealt with this challenge changed everything. She positioned herself in faith around the anointing of God and a fresh breath came into her son. The prophet said, take the boy to my chambers. He told his servant, he said, take my staff, take my word with you, take my staff with you and lay it on the child. Apply, though staff represents the word, apply that word to his body. Go with my word. Go with what I said. we got to take what God said and we've got to apply it. We have to take his Holy Ghost and apply it. We can't avoid it. We can't avoid the Holy Ghost. We need a fresh breath of God and a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. They already think you're crazy. You might as well jump all in. 
We need the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because it's the Holy Ghost that brings those answers. It's that fresh breath of God that brings those answers. It's the fresh touch of God that brings the power of God to change the wisdom of God to get that guy right in place that you need. That fresh touch where you're on your own line and you're talking to them and you're just reading the, their mail and the power of God shoots into those bodies and those people all across the world just through a Zoom broadcast. It's that fresh breath of God that we need every day. And we don't need it. This is what I want to encourage you today. We don't need this on the level of yesterday. We need a fresh breath today. We need a level of God that brings life back that the glory can clothe us with. We need a place where the glory of God can reside on every believer. Not just some believers, but every believer. We need a fresh breath of God. He says this. Elijah came, verse 32, when Elijah came into the house, behold, the lad was dead and laid on his bed. So he entered and shut the door behind them both and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and he put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands and he stretched himself on him and the flesh of the child became warm. He moved into the place. He moved into the room. He shut the door behind him. The power of God was there. The child was on the bed. Listen to me. The flesh was dead. The flesh was dead. The flesh did not feel lively. The flesh did not feel in its glory. The flesh was dead. It was cold. There's moments in our life where the devil has tried to make us feel like we're cold, like we're cold-hearted, we're cold-minded, we've got nothing in us, we're too done, I'm done with this, I'm too, it's too much, I'm too tired. The flesh was cold. But all we needed from God, all we needed from a loving Father, all we needed from heaven was a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's all we needed. No matter what you see or what you feel, we can simply go after the Lord and say, Lord, I need your fresh breath. Lord, give me a fresh breath. No matter who, where I've been, no matter what I, if I've been running from you, I got one foot in the world and one, one foot in the kingdom. Lord, I'm done with that. I need a fresh breath to draw me out of this. I need a fresh breath to pull me out of this place. I need your fresh breath to put inside of me a fire that says, here I am, send me. I need your fresh breath. Verse 35, then he returned and walked in the house once back and forth and went up and stretched himself on him. And the lad sneezed seven times and the lad opened his eyes. He needed that fresh breath of God. That fresh touch. Now here's the interesting thing. Elijah wasn't God. He was just a man. A vessel designed to carry the Holy Ghost. A vessel designed to carry the presence of God. If you look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this. 
that every single, we'll see that every single one of us in the context of Scripture were called to be a minister. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, when it, our adequacy is not of ourselves, but our adequacy is of God. He has made us able. He has made us able. He has made us adequate. I want you to just close your eyes right now and just start receiving. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we receive your ableness and your adequacy. We receive a fresh breath from you. We receive that fresh wind of heaven into our lives. Father, there's no more sickness that's going to hold us back. Lord, that fresh breath of God will heal it all. That fresh breath of God will restore the life. That fresh breath of God will restore us to the place where His glory can clothe us. That fresh breath of God. Lord, I receive my ableness and my adequacy from you. I have an assignment here tonight. One thing I'm aware of as I'm preaching this is there's some that this message is hitting directly the nail on the head. And there's some that are saying, this is a good message. And there's some that are saying, I don't need this. The issue is we all need this. Because not one of us in here has walked perfectly like Christ has. But it's time for that to change. It's time for us to go up to what heaven calls normal and not be held back anymore. It's time for us to walk in such a glory by the renewing of God, to walk in such a glory that heaven looks down and says, that's normal. It's time for us to move to a place where God flows through us every single minute of every single day and we're not held back by it. It's time that when we walk through Walmart, the glory of God starts to overflow our lives and the presence of God because of a fresh breath inside of us, because it comes out of fellowship and relationship with God. And we walk down the aisles of the, of the supermarket and all of a sudden people are healed and there's gasp and there's shouting and there's yelling and even revival breaks out in the most strange places. It's time for the glorious church to take its place. It's time for the children of God that were designed for the glory of God to be upon and flow through. It's time for that glory to come in and to come out of us. It's time for the blessing of God to flow through the children of God and into every nation of the world. It's time. Your spirit's calling for it. Your spirit's longing for it. It was designed for this. It's time to move into its place. God's telling you now, tonight is the night. Receive that fresh breath and step into the calling that God has for you. Step into that destiny that God has for you. Step into that place and not be denied ever again. Step into that place. It's time to step into that place. It's time to not be denied. It's time to move into that place. It's time to be who God's called you to be. To not make excuses for it anymore. If Moses 
A man under the curse can be filled with the glory so much that they had to shine, they had to hide his face. What is there for the redeemed person of Christ? What is there for that person who's called to be completely justified and redeemed and restored and recreated to catch that glory, to hold it and pass it through them? It's time for there to be manifestations of the fire of God in this earth like never before. It's, I'm telling you, I, I'm speaking specifically to ministers, although it's not just to ministers. It's time for you to believe for manifestations bigger than you've ever seen before. That your hands are anointed hands. Your hands are not just the hands of a person made of flesh that has no Redeemer. Your hands are, have been cleansed by the Redeemer. We have that kinsman Redeemer who although we weren't bringing much to the table, they brought covenant to the table. And it's time for your hands to be used as instruments of the Father's heart, instruments of God's glory to go to another level, another level, another level. It's time to see the manifestations, the miracles, the healing, the, the healing in our finances, the healing in our mind, the healing in our relationships, and the restoration. Glory of God be in Jesus' name. Cobrenicos de Prato, he did it come lotery, yet a cofranda posso. Supreneticadamo yet an idi, did it no more praticanamostidi, hobrenicoroboso. Come here, please. Monomoso by the antaramo, just raise your hands. Hobrenicarabosabal, bonamotini caraboso. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is about to move on you in ways that you've not seen before. Your honor and your humility have gone before you. Your honor and humility have been seen as seeds in front of the face of God. And God says, those who honor me, I will honor. And I'm not just going to honor you personally. You're going to be honored as a vessel of my use. You're going to be honored as a vessel that will be used by me. Some people will say, why is he blessed? Why is he carrying an anointing? Because God said, I will honor him in Jesus' name. I expect, I expect to hear testimony after testimony after testimony come through your life. The fire of God now. Fill them from head to toe, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Fresh fire, coals of heaven be in him, in his belly. Coals of fire. I'll see, I'll see testimonies where you put your hands on somebody and all of a sudden people will come up out of wheelchairs. I just saw it. They'll come up out of wheelchairs. I just saw, you'll lay hands on their ears and deaf ears will come open. All of a sudden that glory of God, that refreshing. 
If you're looking for that refreshing tonight, if you're looking for that fresh breath of God, Lord, I'm going to a different level. I will not be held back. I'm not going to walk lower than God has paid for me to walk. Jesus paid for me to walk higher. And I, Lord, I won't be denied. Maybe you're like me who struggled so much in the flesh. That flesh, I mean, it was torn and ripped and pulled left and right. And you're done with that. And tonight, I'm putting that flesh on the altar, Lord. Lord, I need your help no matter what I see, no matter what I've been through. I need your help. I'm asking you for help. I'm asking you for a refreshing. And I know that tonight, I receive that refreshing. I receive that new level of God. If that's you, I invite you to come up now. I'm going to a new level, Lord. I've got to have your help. I cannot be denied. I will not allow the payment that you paid Jesus to go to waste. Lord, I need you now. Lord, I need your fresh breath inside of me. Lord, I want to be clothed with your glory. Lift her up. Y'all both help pick her up. Anointing of God. Be now in Jesus' name. He's calling you, Danielle. He's calling you to a different place. He's calling you to a different place. He's calling you to a different place. It's not just Zach. He's calling you to a different place. He's calling you up. He's calling you up. He's calling you up. He's got a plan. He has a destiny. It's your hands. It's your mouth that lives will change. It's your your mouth and your words and your preaching and your hands that destinies that hung in the balance will be plucked out of the fires of hell by your calling in Jesus' name. So, I know you're not surprised, but don't be any more surprised. There's more coming out, and it's coming out now. We're in a short time. It's coming out now in Jesus' name. It's coming out now, and it's coming out of you in a different way. A new authority comes on you tonight, and a new authority. And when you speak, before you might have put it on by your words and even soulish ways that you were taught in the military, but there'll be an authority that rises from here and comes out. And all of a sudden, when you speak, devils will listen. People will pay attention to turn lives around. It's a time of forgiveness, a time of refreshing, a time of turning things around to never be the same. Even old words the Lord spoke to you years ago, they're coming up now and they're refreshing in your life to come out as fresh bread today. You'll start to see fresh things come out and giftings come out. You're not done. You're not done. You're not done. Fresh fire of God come. Fresh fire of God come now. 
zinini kodonoman loco brainy hamoko braso rakini kelo savadodom fresh fire of God from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Yeah, fill them now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just say, Lord, I receive your fresh, your fresh breath, your refreshing in Jesus' name. Lord, I receive that fresh touch today. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Woo! So Marebadakanamos. Bonamoso premine, Hanamose, yeah, Banyokomo, Barimos, Broboso, Bracatobre, Subrain Kanamos, Banamokan, Yanso, Banda, Mobe, Koroba, Yotelin Kano, Hotso, Drop the K, Benesti, Mo Kamrandi, Modiama Teddy. Yeah, glory, glory, refreshing. Lord, is a time of refreshing tonight, a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Yeah, just say, Lord, I receive your refreshing in me. In Jesus' name. Now just receive it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. How many times have I you come up here and I said pray in the Holy Ghost? Did you notice what Brother Tracy did too? Got you praying in the Holy Ghost. Fresh Holy Ghost, right? Fresh refreshing. You know you can do that at any time. You can do that at any time. Well, just do it now. <laughs> pray with me. Now, I just told him to pray in the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean everybody. You just <laughs> receive. Fire of God. Just bring her up here. She ain't no good right now. Put your hands on your belly. <laughs> Fresh, refreshing in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fresh refreshing. All of those old things melting away. Every old thing melting away. Every old thing melting away. Every old thing melting away. Now, of refreshing. A refreshing. We're not talking about digging it up to hurt. We're talking about digging it up to cast it off. Cast it out in Jesus' name. Fresh refreshing. Forever gone. Forever gone. Come me Made him Of refreshing. Same thing. Oh, out and gone. In Jesus' name, a fresh refreshing. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Fresh refreshing. 
Hanamoso. You're not, you're not operating by yesterday's wisdom. You're not operating by yesterday's wisdom. You're operating by the fresh word today. Today, tomorrow, the Lord will tell you what to do. Today, God will tell you what to do. The next day, God will tell you what to do. The next day, fresh wisdom, refreshing in Jesus' name. A fresh refreshing, a refreshing in Jesus' name. A refreshing. Oh, refreshing in Jesus' name. Oh, glory, glory, glory. A refreshing. Uh, Lord, thank you. Just pray with me in the Holy Ghost. I just see, when I stepped in front of you, I see the fire of God burning so bright on you. Like, I mean, at a level it's never burned before. A fresh refreshing of the fire of God. I see you at home praying and the fire of God visiting you. I see you getting so happy in the spirit. You jump up off the chair and start rejoicing and praising God. And then I, I, I hear you saying, I didn't even know I could do it like that anymore. <laughs> and it's just the refreshing of God. The same refreshing that came on the prophet to outrun the horses. That same refreshing, that rejuvenation, that fresh breath, renewing all of your strength in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Fresh, refreshing. Say it with me. Say, I receive it. That fresh, refreshing in Jesus' name. Yeah, fresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've seen something. I just need to know how to speak it to you. And it not be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. And Thank you, Father, for your wisdom. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, activate every one of those gifts in its fullness for this time in the name of Jesus. Activate every one in Jesus' name. And he's not the only one. In the name of Jesus. Activate every one in Jesus' name. A fresh refreshing. A fresh refreshing. Yeah. Get ready. A fresh refreshing. A fresh refreshing. Fresh refreshing. Fresh refreshing. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And I just see it right now. I see joy rising in. Joy, joy, joy. I see all the things that would steal joy. 
falling off in Jesus' name. But I see a joy coming on. Not a fake joy, not one that's put on. But I see a joy that's so genuine and so real rising up from the core of your spirit, man. I see such a joy. Oh my goodness, people don't even know what to do with you anymore. They're like, oh my goodness, such a level of joy as I've never seen in her. Joy, joy, joy. (laughs) Down in your heart, amen. (laughs) Joy, I mean it. I mean joy. I mean a joy. Even in your house, a joy coming on you and you laughing at the devil. I see it. I see it like this. I see it like this. That you had, it's almost like in the last last few weeks. It's been like a release into this new joy. A release into new joy. There's something, it's like things, things got let go of. And you can go into that new joy. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. For a real fullness of joy in Jesus' name. Yeah, a rejoicing. A rejoicing by the Spirit that your joy may be full. That the God of hope may fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Ha ha, all joy. <laughs> and I see you laughing. I see that joy manifesting in that laughter so much. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm talking about it. It gets on me. Joy. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Fresh refreshing. In Jesus' name. Jesus name fresh refreshing some operana ambani osavi konamo bani oso yeah atenikirobosso well get ready so bada bombana konamoso fresh refreshing problema bambo subanio kobe opra roba adikadam bani make today adinini karabom bani makarabosso time to go to a different level time to time to Knock off everything that's held you back. It's a time of a refreshing. It's a time of a refreshing. You receive it? It's a time of refreshing. Lord, say it with me. Say, Lord, I let go of all that stuff that's held me back. Whew. Yeah. I let go of all of it. I know. I know. I know it's time to go up higher. I know. I know it's time to go up higher. My flesh has stood in the way. <laughs> but it's not anymore. One touch of God, of refreshing. And I have that freedom tonight from a refreshing, and I'm walking into my place and my destiny, and I won't be held back by any man from this day forward in Jesus' name. Now, fire of God, purge. Fire of God from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, permeating every cell of his being. Fire of God. In the name of Jesus, fresh refreshing of God. Yeah, just receive that fresh refreshing now. 
There it is. That anointing of God flowing in in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Man, I sense it so strong. Keep receiving. Thank you, Lord. Fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. Fresh breath in Jesus' name. Fresh breath in Jesus' name. Fresh breath. Come here. Please. You're longing for a fresh breath. You don't know. You don't know what it might cost you. But I'm longing. Lord, I want your fresh breath. And I know there's things that I might not want to let go of. But here's the thing. Saying, Lord, I know you'll help me. I know you'll help me. Just, just close your eyes. Lift your, lift your head towards heaven. Lord, I know you help me. You'll help me walk in a fresh refreshing. Now, Lord, I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Yeah, that, that anointing, that fresh refreshing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. A fresh breath and a refreshing on your life in Jesus' name. Fresh breath tonight. Time to be done with everything that's held back. Time to be done with yesterday's average. Time to be done with it. Today is a new day in Jesus' name. Fresh refreshing. Fresh refreshing in Jesus' name. A fresh refreshing and a carrying of the glory in new levels in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. A carrying of the glory. You've longed for it. It's time for it. And it doesn't come just by everything you do right. It comes by that glory of God. And Lord, I believe and I receive your power to work in me. You, Lord, have made me able. You have made me adequate. And I receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, fresh, refreshing in Jesus' name. Fresh, refreshing in Jesus' name. Fresh fire of God. I see you hungering after the fire of God like never before, asking Him for it, calling on it. Lord, I need your fire. I need your touch. I need your fire. I need your touch. I'm not sure if you've been doing that already or if it's something that He's telling me to tell you to do. But Lord, I need to walk baptized in your fire every day of my life. I need to be branded and touched every day. Thank you, Lord, for that fresh breath. Baptize them in the fire in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just raise your hands. Just say, Lord, I ask for your help. I know I need it. I know I can't do it without you. But I also know you 
that won't leave me alone, but you'll help me. And tonight, I receive your refreshing and your help in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, thank you for that help. Lord, thank you for your help and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your help and your mercy and your grace for your son. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just keep receiving. Forget about everybody else here. Just you and your father. Keep receiving his love. Amen. Amen. I'm Brian. Chris, nice to meet you, man. Can I pray for you? That'd be all right. You can sit. It's fine. Father, I just pray for Chris right now. Lord, thank you for his life. You deemed it valuable and worthy. Father, right now I ask you that a fresh refreshing and a fresh knowledge of you would come to him in ways like he's never seen you before. Lord, send laborers into his path. Send people into his path. Send people around him that carry the fire of God and the anointing of God. God, I just see the Lord telling me to tell you right now, and I could say this for everybody, but he told me specifically to tell you this. You have a destiny that he has planned out for you that is greater and mightier than you've ever dreamed or imagined. And if you go after him, remember what I said earlier tonight, there is nothing, nothing that God will ever ask of you that isn't opportunity to increase. And as you give yourself to him and you allow his refreshing to be, God will use you, he'll use your life, He'll use you to help so many people. He's called you to a great destiny and for no calamity. Blessing of God be and your anointing be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Tonight is a night of refreshing. Refreshing, 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 refreshing. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Wholeness and refreshing in Jesus' name. Lift your hands. Just say, Lord, I ask you, help me be who you want me to be. I will say what you tell me to say. I will do what you tell me to do. And your power and your fresh breath will be in me. And I will give it as you tell me to give it. I'll pray where you tell me to pray, for who you want me to pray, and your power will be released in my hands. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. A fresh refreshing, a fresh refreshing now. In the name of Jesus. Just ask Him. Say, Lord, I ask you for a refreshing. A supernatural Holy Ghost refreshing. Straight from heaven. And I receive it in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> this is what you've been after. Your spirit's been calling for it. Your spirit's been calling for it. You recognized it a few months ago. But you've been after a fresh refreshing. Lord, tonight's the night. 
Tonight's the night. <laughs> Tonight's the night. Is that right? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, say it with me. Tonight's the night. I receive a refreshing. Amen. Well, just put your hands on your head and receive it. Mighty call the most of all. Yeah, right there. You've been made able and adequate in the name of Jesus. That power is flowing through your own hands and your own anointing through Jesus Christ. Now just receive it. Pray over yourself. That fire of God flow through you in the name of Jesus. Yeah, fresh, refreshing. Fill her up, Lord. Let her hands be like your hands, her words like your words, her actions like your actions. A fresh, refreshing from heaven, a strong, mighty wind blowing through her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fresh, refreshing. In the name of Jesus. Fresh, refreshing. In Jesus' name. Say, Lord, everything before today. It's done. Do your hands like that. It's done. Done. Like this. Look here. Done. I wash my hands of yesterday. It's a fresh breath today. I receive it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. In Jesus' name. A fresh, lift your hands. A fresh, refreshing today. Lift your countenance. <laughs> don't look don't look mad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you don't have to strain for it. Just receive it. Amen. Open your eyes. That might help. There you go. You clear. Yeah. Amen. Look up. Receive from him. Fresh refreshing. He loves you. He's got you. A fresh refreshing in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, now, that spirit of infirmity that's been bothering you and trying to bind you up, bind up your lungs, bind up everything else. In the name of Jesus, come out now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, that thing's done and is over. No more shortness of breath. Yeah, thank you. Now just receive it. Fresh, refreshing in Jesus' name. Fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, so receive that. You need this fresh breath of God. You need this fresh breath of God. You need it today. Thank you, Lord. Just ask Him for it right now. Lord, I ask you. Yeah. See, there's hope in that fresh breath. There's life in that fresh breath. That fresh breath that raises things from the dead. Things that look like they're not even able to, not able to go on. Not able to be received. The fresh breath of God now. Fresh, refreshing. In Jesus' name. Yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. Even things that have, that have caused you an ongoing struggle come to an end right now. Put your hand on your belly. In the name of Jesus, a fresh refresh now and done. In Jesus' name. Yeah, there it is. Glory to God. Glory to God. A fresh breath and a fresh refreshing. It's time to walk like who you are in Christ. 
Time to walk like who you are in Christ. You're not a downcast. You're not an outcast. You are a child of God, a son of the King in Jesus' name. That's who you are. Let's be at a fresh refreshing, going up to a different place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. A fresh refreshing. Boldness and confidence. 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 Fear of man is something that will hamstring and bind your life for the rest of it if you'll let it go. But a fresh refreshing will break all of those bands. Just say, Lord, I ask you for a fresh refreshing tonight. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Boldness and confidence be in Jesus' name. So Maya Yanya Yotorokrobom Adopraim Ecosto. O Pram Okebeya Pana. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Fresh refreshing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Shoprana. Fresh refreshing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So opening Kanamo Obleni Ada Ofra Otoremi. Ha yeah, 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 yeah. Refreshing. Refreshing. I see stuff right now that's weighed on you here. I see it falling off and being so peaceful from this day forward. So peaceful. A fresh refreshing. Peaceful. Peace. Peace. Be in Jesus' name. A fresh refreshing. A refreshing in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Please. Yep. Hand me a microphone, please. Mm -hmm. Get her up. Yeah. Get her up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A couple of guys. Hallelujah. Ushers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Your pastor, Zach. Is that right? From Moorhead. And your pastor, Danielle. Y'all get, get them close together. Get them close together. Might take five men to hold when the Holy Ghost is on you, it might take five men. Listen to what the Lord said. Listen to this. The Lord said, I don't know you, but Pastor Brian told me a little bit about you. The Lord is expanding your vision. He's expanding your vision. And there's a lot more in you than you realize. There's a lot more in her than you realize. And the Lord said, it might seem like you're going back, but sometimes you take three steps back because you're getting ready to go forward. Hallelujah. And the other thing the Lord said is sometimes you have to get rid of some dead weight and get rid of some of the wrong people so God can bring in the right people. We're going to sow a seed. And the Lord said to sow it to you personally. We're going to sow a seed in your life because God said your ministry is expanding. It's a lot bigger than you think it yeah. is. It's a lot bigger than you realize that it is. He's expanding, and he's even expanding your capacity to receive. So, Father, we release a brand-new anointing in the name of the Lord Jesus coming on this couple for the kingdom. 
And we decree and declare that that ministry is expanding even now, and stretching even now. And the greatness that's on the inside of this couple shall be fulfilled. And everything the Lord has spoken shall be fulfilled. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for it. You better just let him go. You better just let him go. Kopreni <laughs> Bakubin Ambro was the overall. Bonkoreal fin in any in the almost ballet or Baptist of Rickle because to gloom Algiavera, Hobra, Hali Ariashevi, so Bracania, Cotonum, Contene Cofra, Oma, Yeninias do. Brema is Sophia Popreni. It's time to get to work. There's been some fun and games. There's things you've seen. There's things that you've learned by watching mom and dad. There's a lot that you've picked up. You've had good parents to teach you the ways of the anointing and the ways of the glory and the ways of the breath of God. But it's time for you to walk in it. I'm not, I'm not telling you by any stretch that you separate. Do not mistake that. I'm just saying it's time to take it a personal responsibility in your life for that own fellowship and relationship like never before. Like never before. They will give you a hand up all for the rest of your lives and you will find men of God women of God, people of God, that they will speak into your lives and they will give you a hand up. And as you humble yourself and as you hunger and honor the things of God and the anointing, you honor the anointing of God. You recognize the anointing when, he, when the anointing is speaking and you move and you honor that anointing. God will put you in the places of honor. He will put you in the places where people long to be. The voice that he speaks through you will hit ears that are ready to hear a word. Many ministers long for the day that hearts were prepared for the seed of the word that came out of their mouth. It will come to you easy. It will come to you in masses. It will come to you in such a great force of the power of God. And people... And will run to the altars. People will run to the altars before you even finish. Before you even finish speaking. They will make a mad dash for the altar. They will make a mad dash for the altar. Because of the power as you honor the anointing. You honor the anointing. 
Don't take it lightly. Don't despise it or lightly esteem it. But as you honor that anointing, and I'm not just saying when you feel it, I'm saying sometimes there'll be people that don't say a spectacular thing, but the anointing will be in it because God will speak in it. And when you recognize that was the anointing, and because they said that under the anointing, Lord, I will honor it. And there will be a sealing of that. If you'll choose to seal it in your heart, you will walk with it for the rest of your days and that anointing will flow. That anointing will flow into your life. That anointing will flow through you into people and it will set the captives free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hunger and humility and honor and the time is now. It's not a later date. The time is now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ooh, glory. Glory to God. A refreshing. A refreshing. It's time for another level. You've had honor. You've had humility towards the things of God. You've had honor and you've had humility towards the things of God. But still every now and then there's just been some fleshliness that jumped in the way. And, and even time, you were even ashamed of it. You were ashamed. Like, I can't believe I let that get in the way. But I'm telling you now, as you give yourself to the Lord and you say, that's not who I'm going to be anymore, all of a sudden you'll move into more and more of God's blessing and let His refreshing come now and take you to different levels. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's time to go to different levels. It's time to go to different levels. Time to put away some of the old thoughts. It said repent and the times of refreshing will, will come. That means we change that way of thinking. That way of thinking is changed. Thank you, Father. So refresh now in Jesus' name. So refreshing be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whoo, glory. Weighty up here. Weighty. Hallelujah. Did you receive a refreshing tonight? Amen. Thank you, Lord. No, 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 no. That's okay. Thank you, though. God's so good. Just praise Him. Thank you, though. Satan indeed. Thank you. Thank you, though. That's the Lord. The Lord, He's taken us to a different place. I want you to hear this. I just... I know, it, I know it's later than I think we've been each night, but God's done some mighty things in here tonight. God's done mighty things in here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Time for a refreshing. He sees you. Oh, he's got your number in a loving way. He sees you. He sees you. And he wants to help you in every way. Strength and grace be now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. A refreshing. Just say this with me. Say, Jesus. 
I ask you for a refreshing tonight in Jesus' name. And I receive it. I have it. You're giving me fresh breath of life and your glory. In Jesus' name. Now take my hand. Now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to stand up refreshed, never to be pushed back down again in Jesus' name. The devil's not got you. The devil doesn't have you. The devil doesn't have you. God's got you. God's got you. He's the one that brought you here tonight. He's the one that sent me back here to pray for you. And all the junk and all the garbage that the devil's tried, he can't have you. Amen. God loves you. He sees you. And you can have that refreshing every day. Just say, Lord, I ask you to refresh me. Thank you for your fresh breath in my life. Today, in Jesus' name. Tomorrow, I want you to pray it again. Receive that fresh breath. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I just had the sense we weren't quite done. So there we go. Amen. Glory to God. Well, did I knock out my... Nope. Buddy's doing it. Come on, buddy. Glory to God. We just praise God for you, buddy. Go ahead. Go. Go, go, go. Amen. Father, Amen. we just thank you for your goodness and your refreshing tonight. God, we receive that refreshing tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, that that refreshing is so powerful and so strong that it doesn't just end tonight, but God, it carries into tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Father, thank you, Lord, what you're doing tonight and throughout this week is kickstarting this entire year, a year of refreshing, a year of hope, a year of joy, and we receive that now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your refreshing tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, man, we got one more night, and I'm excited. God's not done. God's not done. He's still doing some mighty stuff, and I'm excited for what the Lord's doing. Um, and uh, I just want to in encourage you guys, uh, you know, God's good. And I, I hope to see you guys tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We also want to let you guys know uh, this Sunday, we're having water baptisms. Um, so if the Lord's done something in your life this week and, you're like, and he's stirring in your spirit, hey, I, I need to get baptized. We have a sign-up sheet out on the kiosk out there. And as you go, uh, we want to invite you to uh, sign up for that. But guys, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And be blessed and refreshed as you go out today. Amen. Thank you.